Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. That ball launched high in the air, right center field. That baby's belted. That baby is long gone. Put in a lot of work, so it's good to see that it's kind of coming together and uh, just got to keep taking good at-bats. Cardinals beat the Blue Jays, take two out of three. Brad, they score nine runs in two of the three affairs this weekend. Let's get nasty on a Monday. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. 202, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Andrew Marsh is here, as uh, as is our guy Brad Thompson who joins us via his home. BT, what a weekend series for the Redbirds. You heard your uh, TV partner, Chip Carey, on the call there as the Cardinals take two of three, including a big performance yesterday in the 9-4 victory. Nolan Gorman homers not once, but twice. It's two two-run home runs off of Chris Bassett, again, in the Cardinals' 9-4 victory. Big things on the horizon for Nolan Gorman, BT? If we've got him, is he there? Yeah, BT's speechless after watching speechless. Uh, Gorman go deep a Hey, guys, times. I'm back. Hey, there we go. There hey, he is. Hey, so there is a thing on these uh, computers. There's a mute button, and I had the mute button muted because during that intro, I was saying so many words, uh, and a lot of them just couldn't be aired here because I was so excited yet again. Makes sense. Uh, first of all, what I was saying was, uh, did you guys enjoy your World Series preview that you got here on opening weekend? Wow. Like that? World Series preview. Wow. You Battle know, Todd, the birds. Todd Stoudemire, when we talked to him on opening day, former Blue Jay and Cardinal, two-time World Series champion with the Blue Jays, he predicted that as well. He said we're, we're he said seeing. We could, be, we could be seeing what could potentially be the World Series. Yeah. I could see it. I mean, I think that the Blue Jays are good enough to unseat the Yankees in the East. If you do that, you know you got a good chance to go on a run. We know there are some good teams. Uh, but, no, just that is maybe putting the cart before the horse, if you will. But That's our job. Two good teams. Of course it is. We overreact. That's what we do here. Uh, but you knew it was going to be a big test for the Cardinals. And I would say in large part, not in every facet necessarily, but in large part, they passed. They passed this test. The overall offense, and I know that you guys have been talking about it, they scored 22 runs on 41 hits, if you like that sort of thing. As a ball club, they hit 373 is their average in this three-game set. That leads all of baseball. And here's another one that Cardinal fans are going to like. They struck out in Major League Baseball low 15.6% of the time. That's, that's the lowest rate in baseball so they're hitting the ball they're doing damage 
And uh, to your other question, Anthony, or actually the only question, I just took this off the rails quickly, <laughs> uh, with Nolan Gorman. Dude, it, it is special. You knew the skill set had a chance to be special last year. We saw it in bunches, but we didn't see it consistently. Right now, all he's doing is taking advantage of the first three games. I get it. It's three games. That's all it is right now. But in the three games, he's reached safely in eight of his 13 plate appearances. He's four for nine. A couple of dongs yesterday. And he looks different like doesn't it look different to you guys when you're watching him at the plate well that's what i was going to ask you about is basically going to ask you what are you seeing that's different because to me just you know uh the casual baseball fan i see a guy that's built the same way it looks like he's digging in the same now the leg kick is a little bit smaller than it used to be but i don't really know what the difference is there either but for me bt it's and maybe i'm crazy but i feel like it's his pitch recognition that's better like he, he he's not swinging at stuff he shouldn't his strike zone is he's monitoring his strike zone better I don't really know the words I'm trying to find here but he doesn't look like a rookie anymore no no you uh two things one you are crazy but uh two Thank you're you. not wrong like you're absolutely right no <laughs> his his approach at the plate has changed and we talked about this last week and uh, even coming in you know leading into the the season all spring training long like we all knew what pitchers were going to attempt to do to him they were going to try to beat him at the top of the zone and you knew that he was not going to be be able to lay off that pitch and you also knew that he wasn't going to be able to hit it so as a pitcher why the hell would you do anything else what we've seen early on with with Gorman, and the home runs are fun. I mean, they are a lot of fun to watch. He hit a, I think it was a 68-mile-an-hour curveball out of the ballpark in the first inning, 446 feet. The next time was a cutter that was middle in. He hit a 395 laser into the bullpen. Like, those are fun. Honestly, I enjoy watching him take his walks. He's taking pitches up above the zone. He's taking pitches just off the plate away. These are pitches he was swinging at and getting himself out with a year ago. So first and foremost, credit to Nolan Gorman for taking this offseason, making some adjustments, and bringing it into the season. We talked about him again last week, all the things that he tried to do, all of the swing changes that he tried to make, started in the weight room, using the medicine ball, just trying to change his bat path and his swing approach and his vision, all the different things he's trying to work through, well, he's doing it. And then you'll see him. Like, he'll, he's had a couple of swings at the top of the zone where you see the hands loop under it, and you can almost see him check himself where it's just like, damn it, Nolan. All right, here we go. And then he gets right <laughs> Yeah, but that's what you right want to see, right, it. Brad? Of course. Like, if you're the manager or the hitting coach or even his teammates, you want to see a guy that recognizes when he falls back into that trap and goes, ah, no, 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 no not today. Now, for yeah. me, yourself I want to see a guy. Matumbo. Yeah. I, I, sure, Anthony. You heard me. Yeah. But I want a guy who recognizes when things go bad and knows that he needs to change it. For sure. And so you also want a guy that's not going to fall into different traps, Jamie. And one of them could be you hit your first home run, hit that tank job on that slow breaking ball. And that is that that swing right there from the lefty. It is beautiful. It's beautiful. Down. It is. What is that? Velvet? It's down. <laughs> it's in. And I mean, it's just that big uppercut stroke. 
and it works because you meet that breaking ball on its way, uh, you know, on its way down. You meet it coming up. It's perfect. But you hit a ball like that, and then the next time up, you might think, oh, man, I can hit this one even further. Let me dip a little bit. Let me dip a little bit more. Let me get that Anthony Stalter backfield softball swing. Because Anthony, I mean, Anthony drops bombs. We all know it's it. all in the hips. Nah. Oh, it really is. It, yeah, yeah. The motion. It's uh, He's got good hip motion. Um, I should have taken, taken a sip of my coffee there when Jamie oh, well. said that. Now it's just flooding out of his nose. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but he didn't Tsunami. fall into that trap that is mm-hmm. next at bat. He had a good level stroke on that cutter in, hit a line drive, and that's where his damage is going to be done, in my opinion, guys. It, it's on the line. It's going to be line drives. Uh, the, the next key is, does he drive the ball with authority the other way? He got very fortunate. And, and look, the Cardinals got fortunate in Saturday's game, and I know we'll talk about Jack Flaherty a little bit later on. Perfect. Uh, but he hit a little squibber down the line. Uh, yeah, what a day. That's how you draw it up, right? You want to go – you don't want to give up any hits. You don't want to give up any that. hits. So, he accomplished it. A win's a win's a win. But he had uh, – Nolan had that little squibber on a really good split finger from Kevin Gosman. Chapman was playing off the line a bit, a little bit, and he just snuck through and, and drove in some runs. Look, you're going to get fortunate sometimes with some hits, but he's got a really good approach right now. And it changes what this lineup looks like when you have left-handed power like that. BT, I, you know, when it comes to like the hitting coach, we, we talked about this last year when everybody, well, the last couple of years when everybody was just, just piling on with Jeff Albert and we don't, why would they do that? Well, you know, <laughs> pretty much the hitting coach in, in any MLB market is going to get criticized. Oh, well don't tell Jeff Albert that, but when it comes to, you know, like I always mention the offensive coordinator. He's not an offensive coordinator. He's not getting everybody together and saying, we, we have one approach. We're just going to get out over and over and over again. Like that's not on Jeff. Albert. <laughs> and just because the Cardinals have started off hot, doesn't mean that Turner Ward is pushing all the right buttons. However, what? as, as we're talking about, what the hell's wrong with you? as we're talking about, you know, the young guys, and we'll get to, we'll get to Burleson in a second here, but, how much credit should we be given to Turner Ward thus far when it comes to the work with a young guy like Nolan Gorman? A lot. A, a lot. And it's not just Turner Ward, though. Like, the, the fact that uh, if you think that Jeff Albert is gone and then all of a sudden they're not an analytically driven organization when it comes to their offense, you couldn't be further off. Like, you could. They have invested heavily in their analytics department and their analytics department as far as, like, guys that are on their staff. Now, Turner tends to be he's more of an old school approach guy but he takes new information brandon allen is uh, the the uh, assistant hitting coach but they've also got another assistant hitting coach daniel nicolaisen and he is like the analytics run circles around whoever your analytics guy is whether you're like a driveline guy or whatever like he's got this stuff figured out i, I, I can't wait to get a chance to sit and talk to him a little bit more about uh, some of these different things but they're all buying into the overall approach and there is one message that is consistent and it's consistent through every coach to every player now that message for the player is different player to player right it's not to your point anthony it's not just here's what we do we hit homers like that would be a great approach if everybody could do that uh but the messaging messaging is consistent i think that that was something that there was a disconnect the last couple of years but i think that from turner all the way down through the staff they all deserve credit and they were all diligent not just like guys show up to spring training let's work they were in contact and traveling to go see these guys all off season long 
Like uh, things, well, things are going in a really good direction when it comes to the the coaching staff and having everybody bought into the same program. That's Brad Thompson, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 at ESPN. We talked a little bit about the hitting. What about the pitching? Jack Flaherty makes his debut. He doesn't allow a hit, boys. Nah, I think some people are going to... Boy, he was spot on, wasn't he? Yeah, well, I think some people are going to complain about certain aspects of Jack Flaherty's season debut, but <laughs> hey, you go nah. five innings and uh, you hold that, that lineup hit list. You're doing good things. He went a whole five innings? Did he go five? I thought he went five. Huh. Yeah, he went five. That's great. Let's talk about Jack Flaherty, what we thought of his season debut. Next, I want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Getting frustrated is not going to do anything for anybody, and that's something that I've had to learn and figure out. You know, getting frustrated and showing emotion is not going to do anything for me. It's going to do anything for the team. It's going to do something for the hitter. But I'm not going to pitch well when I'm frustrated. I'm not going to pitch well the more I let my emotions kind of take over me instead of just being there and focusing on the next pitch and, you know, finding some peace and being able to just continue to execute and, like, let that last pitch go and move on to the next one. Getting frustrated doesn't do anything. That's Brad Thompson talking about keeping his emotions in check in Brad games. Brad Thompson? Yeah. What? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was... When Brad used to pitch, he... Brad doesn't keep his emotions. That was Jack Flaherty. Yeah, that was my Anthony, bad. you know that I never figured that out. <laughs> I, I figured that part of it out when I started doing radio every day from <laughs> two to six. I'm like, golly, there's some lessons that I could have learned along the way. Um, boy, that is uh, that is a mature Jack Flaherty that you heard from right there because that's not exactly how you draw that game up. You win. You didn't give up any hits. Uh, and, hey, did it, didn't it take a pretty quick turn on on Saturday, too, boys? Because Jack Flaherty threw four pitches <laughs> in the first inning. He had two outs. Yep. Four pitches, he had two outs. And then all ish and hit the fan. he loaded him up. <laughs> he did because <laughs> he quick. said, boy, this is too easy. Let's go out there. And let me go 0-2 on Vlad Guerrero Jr. too, just so everybody thinks I'm going to make this real easy. And then I'm going to toy with them, right? I mean, that's some that's some serial killer stuff where he's just, he just toying with the enemy a little bit. He walks Vlad. He walks Varsho. Walks Chapman. Then goes 3-2 to Brandon Belt in the first inning. Ended up punching him out. Threw another 30 pitches after the four. That's not exactly how you plan it out. Walking seven, hitting one. Uh, but I at like the that end part. of the day. Oh, yeah. But he, he got him in the shoe, Jamie. It wasn't I know. Like a, it's, it's it's progress. I so. know. I know. It's, it's something. Uh, but at the end of the day, he didn't give up any runs. He gave himself and his team a chance. And the big thing is what he hit on, guys. He kept his emotions in check. Be honest, when you were watching him, what were you expecting after you saw the walk parade in the first couple innings? Oh, wow. I expected that thing to blow up. To unravel. Just blow up. Yep. Like 4th of July down at Bush Stadium, that things were going to happen. I was waiting for more more crowded bases Mm. and then the big big bop. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I was right there with you. I just um, – let me ask you this. This is what I'm curious about because watching it, 
uh, happened, I was like, oh, boy, this is ugly. Then I realized he still had a no-hitter going and not one run on the board. And I thought to myself, is it ugly or, like, what am I looking at? Effectively right wild, they call that, Jamie. It's like when you go to the art museum, Anthony. You know, you've been there several times. Oh, yeah. Um, Went this morning. And you're looking at a piece of art, and you're like, I don't know if I love it or I hate it or I'm really not sure what I'm looking at, but I kind of like it. That was Jack Flaherty's performance um, the other day. And I guess if it was anybody except for Jack Flaherty on the bump that day, would we be less critical? Like if that was Wayno or Michaelis or somebody like that that was up there and you're like, ah, you know what? You know, it wasn't a Picasso, but that's right. how they do it. I think we probably, to your point, Jamie, we, we tend to be more critical of Flaherty. But I think that we would be appropriately critical because he only threw 49 of his 95 pitches for strikes. I mean, it was not... Oh, he was playing with them, man. It was not an effective... Uh, it, well, it was effective. It wasn't an efficient performance. performance. But to your point, I, I do think that Jack Flaherty is definitely a lightning rod of criticism. And it was, like, perfect. For us in the radio, it was like, great. He didn't allow a hit. But he also had a career high seven walks. <laughs> it's I mean, it was a perfect balance of if you're fighting for Flaherty, you point at the no, the the, the no hitter, and if you're saying this guy isn't going to be worth it at the end, you're pointing at the career high seven. Brad, walks. just a quick question before we get your opinion on that, because I I was wanting to ask you this since the other day. Is uh, at one point I thought, wow, can Flaherty get a no hitter out of this with seven walks? And and I know it's pushing because his pitch count was up there. But as a pitcher, um, you walk seven guys, and let's say you do get a no-hitter. Do you celebrate that? Absolutely. You're damn right you celebrate that thing. How many walks, uh, Anthony, you might know this uh, off the top of your head. How many walks did Edwin Jackson have in his no-hitter? He threw like 150 pitches or something like that. Yeah, I just just looked it up. 149 pitches and eight walks. Oh, oh my. (laughs) And he he got a no-hitter? Yeah. And he popped champagne, didn't he? Of course he did. That's a no-no, right? Celebrate it. That's the name of the game. That's why they have perfect games and no hitters. You know, it's far from perfect. (laughs) Hey, it's, it's again, it's a building block because to, to Jack's point of learning that you can't let yourself get frustrated. All it helps is the hitter. Look, that is not something that Jack has always inherently had. We've seen Jack in situations like that as late as last year. Now, in fairness, he was dealing with health issues last year and he was probably a little bit mentally defeated by that. But you could see it on him at times, guys. You could see it on his shoulders, and they'd slump. And you could see it on his face after the second walk, where he would walk back to the mound, and you knew he was in trouble. As good as his stuff is, as talented as he is, the way that he would just carry himself at times, you knew he was going to be in trouble. He didn't do that in this ball game Saturday. So, look, if you're looking for confirmation or validation that Jack Flaherty can or will be the ace of this staff, you did not receive that on Saturday. But if you're looking for is is Jack making strides in the right direction and is he going to be a big part of what you're doing? I, th- I think that you have some answers to that one. We're going to see again on Friday. What does he do against the Brewers? How does he grow from this one? Does he continue to have the the erratic, you know, not, the no feel for his fastball all over the place? Again, walking seven, you're not going to win too many games like that. 
It's amazing that it happened. It was also amazing that Chapman ended up making an error over at third base, which he never freaking makes, that allowed you to get the wheels turning offensively in that ball game. You know what's really interesting, too, as I was looking through the stat line again after doing that game? So we know seven walks in the game. Uh, 22, 22 batters. How many first pitch strikes do you think Jack threw in 22 batters? In 22 batters? First pitch strike. I actually wow. think he had a he had quite a few despite being despite being wild. I would say 17. Am I it feels high. Wow, you which are is high. incredibly high. That is incredibly high. 17. The answer though is very close to that. What Jeez. is it? 16. Wow. 16 is the I wasn't going to guess because so and, and, and percentage-wise, just to tell you, uh, that is – I was going to let you guess. He yeah. got too close. Don't even worry about it, Jamie. <laughs> so it was 72.7% first pitch strikes. Just to put that in context, uh, like the average, MLB average, is 10% less than that. It's 62%. So somehow he figured out a way to get ahead – but then after that, he really struggled. So what can he learn from that? Was it simply giving the guys a little bit too much credit? I mentioned that in the first inning. I said, man, you went 0-2 on Vladdy. I felt like he gave him too much credit up there, where it was nibble, 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 nibble. This is a Toronto Blue Jay team that does not expand their zone very much. Like They have a really good approach, a lot like the Cardinals. They just don't do it. So what can he learn from that? It was cold. I think it was one of the colder days that Jack had ever pitched in the big leagues, which is is crazy because he's been around for quite some time, and it wasn't that awful. Maybe it had to do something with the field, but not how you set it up, but you've got to like the fact that he didn't implode. And Again, I want to see what he does on Friday. How does he build off of that? We were chatting with BT last week following Jordan Walker's his, his big league debut. What do we think about Jordan Walker now that we've seen three games in one full series? One thing really stood out to me, get the guys' opinions on Jordan Walker as well, next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. To the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
young man that that um, really earned his opportunity, and it's kind of exciting to have someone that's 20 years old on your team and also having a 42-year-old pitcher, so uh, quite a spread. That was Cardinals president John Mozeliak talking about Jordan Walker and uh, BT. We, we had you on the program last, last week to talk about Jordan Walker's debut, his big league debut. Now we have an opportunity to talk to you about the three games that he played over the weekend, one full series. I don't know how you guys feel, but the one thing that really stood out to me is that nothing stood out in terms of Jordan Walker and his age. He looked like he belonged the entire time, which isn't, I'm not saying it's surprising, but he is, what, 20 years old or is in his 20, 21 uh, age season. He looks comfortable. He doesn't look overwhelmed at all. He looks like he belongs at the big league level. And I, I, I think that was the biggest thing that stood out to me. Anthony, when Guys, I look, sorry, BT, when I, um, I'll let the expert go in a second here. <laughs> when I look at the baseball it, guy, though. yeah, of course. When I look at it, um, Nolan Arenado has three hits so far, or not three hits, sorry. Uh, Nolan Arenado has four hits so far this year. Tommy Edmond has four hits. Brendan Donovan, five hits. Goldie up there with six, but Jordan Walker's sitting there with four. Hey, he doesn't have the, uh, the big home run yet that maybe all, a lot of people were wanting and anticipating, but he's got four hits in three games. And to your point, Anthony, he looks calm, cool, and collected out there. BT, I, I'm curious to find out, you know, you covered the, the series. I'm, I'm just anxious to hear what you think about it, but I, I think he looks really good. I do too. Uh, uh, by the way, I think a lot like you and pretty much every Cardinal fan, I'm expecting the home run every time he comes up. Like, you just look <laughs> at the monster in the box and be like, oh, well, here it comes. Like, this is the one. We talked about it on opening day. It felt like that base is loaded against Adam Simber. It's like, oh, here it here comes. It like, here's his moment. Uh, like, this is going to be it. Something crazy is going to happen. It didn't happen. But to your point, he's four for 12, added a double to the ball game. He's driven in two. He's stolen a base. Uh, he only, here's a, a really. I think a really important stat for a young player, he's only struck out once. Only one strikeout so far for uh, for the young Jordan Walker. It's impressive for a guy that's in this league at, at 20 years old. And I think that the only time that we've seen any of the little young player jitters is what we talked about on Friday after opening day were a couple of throws from right field where he just was feeling the flow, and he said, here it comes. <laughs> and, and by the way, one of those throws was clocked at 100 miles an hour from right field to third base. Like, it's crazy. A little amped yeah. up there, I kid. A little bit. But that's it, but that's what uh, that's the skill set that he had. Uh, Chip and I were sitting and talking with Ollie a little bit yesterday uh, about Jordan Walker, and just uh, same same exact questions. Like, hey, how do you think he's reacting? And Ollie just said he just he fits like nothing's too big for him. So we're giving him his runway. We're letting him play. I think they've done a very good job of where they're putting him in the lineup. There's no pressure on him. Say, hey, you, you've been batting eighth. You're good to go, uh, and you just go take your at bats. I thought he's done a, a really good job. I think the interesting part is going to be what does he grow into throughout this season? I think that's going to be fun to watch. When I look at Jordan Walker, BT, and, you know, he's had the runway so far and he's played in every game, um, you know, what's the next steps for him? Because I know that here we are three games into the season. I'm, I'm What's the next steps? You know, just give the kid a chance. I understand that. I'm not talking about this series or tonight against the Braves. I'm talking about – 
you know, what's the next steps for Jordan Walker 30 games from now or 40 games from now? Because he's proven that he can be, at least so far, an everyday player and he gets his hits and, you know, for the most part looks exactly like he should. But what's the next step? Yeah, I think that there's a lot of different answers to it. One, as a defender, I think you want to see him get more and more comfortable out in the outfield. You can see on just even some of the routine fly balls, he's taking those few little extra steps in between. He's not quite as comfortable as you would like an everyday outfielder to be. Why is that? Well, he's 20 years old in the big leagues, and he just transferred <laughs> positions last year, right? Like, like there are going to be get some, off his back. Some, Yeah, exactly. There's going to be some reps that go into that. And then the next one is just as the league starts to figure you out, as they see you more and more and find out what your weaknesses are, a lot like they did with Nolan Gorman, how quickly can he make those adjustments? Because we know that he's got a skill set where he can hit for average, he can hit for power, he has speed, he does everything well, but they will find some weaknesses. And we're already seeing early on, pitchers really trying to bust him in we're seeing a lot of sinkers in off the plate trying to jam him and it has worked a few times so what is he able to do with that pitch if that ends up being the thing right that everybody attacks him with can he lay off of it can he figure out a way if it is for a strike to get the hands in and barrel that thing and keep it fair i think that these are the adjustments that you want to see a young player make throughout the season, and and he will. I mean, you know, this For is sure. yeah, this is this is something where he'll he'll get the the at bats. That I, I know we're going to talk about this, uh, you know, coming up next. But the 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 interesting thing here is how Ali mixes and matches his lineup moving forward. Because as we talked about, there there will be days off certainly mixed in for Jordan Walker, but he's he's going to need to get regular abs here, or else. There's no, there's no sense having him at this level. So you look at it, and you've got guys, and I know Lars Newbar is banged up right now. He's got the thumb injury. But Alec Burleson was in the lineup yesterday. And he, was, he was hitting second. He had the big home run. It wasn't just he's getting some playing time. It's Ali trusts him enough to hit second. Again, we'll get into Burleson here in a, in a, in a couple of minutes. But when it comes to finding the right approach, Ollie's got to push the right buttons with the with the matchup, making sure nobody's on the bench for too long. And you can say, well, if you hit your play, okay, great. But if you got a young guy that's also needing ABs, it's it, it's not necessarily that easy. No, I think that that brings up a really good and interesting point, Anthony, because there is a balance with a young player. Of You have to give him the runway. You have to give him the at-bats. And there will be times that uh, it, it'll probably happen early in the season where there might be a matchup that is not incredibly advantageous for the 20-year-old Jordan Walker late in the game. And you might have one of these left-handed hitting outfielders on the bench, and Ollie will give him that at-bat. And we'll say, and what is it saying when he does that? We trust you. We believe in you. We're not just going to say, nah, this isn't good for you. We'll pull you out of it. Now, maybe later in the season, if, if he continues to prove that that will not be a good matchup, then you got to do what's best for the team and the best to win the game. But I think that that's where, as a manager, your job is also instilling confidence in young players and telling them, hey, we will put you in in these spots we believe that you can succeed against that hard throwing right hander that's got the wipeout slider or the lefty you know whatever that matchup is and just continuing to give him those reps and give him a chance to succeed it just builds confidence one of the questions that i had for bt coming off of the weekend was the was what but was about the player we just mentioned alec burleson 
what are all these plans here? I didn't expect him to make the roster thinking that they'll want to get him some more ABs at, at Memphis if he's not going to get regular playing time. Looks like Alec Burleson is here to stay, though. So what is Ollie's game plan? How does he mix and match moving forward here with four four or five outfielders uh, that, that will also contend at various times to be the DH? We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Burleson wasn't the only one that uh, went Yabo yesterday. Nolan Gorman, of course, had two. But Alec Burleson also stands out because not only did Ollie Marmel have Alec Burleson in the starting lineup, but he, he had him he had him hit in second. And one of the questions that I had for you, BT, was, you know, when you look at, like, Ollie Marmel's play. <laughs> oh, our first one, baby. It's only appropriate that our guy BT's with us too. Seriously, you know what that means? I got to tell you, that might help. That music, that uh, that made me happy right there. Yeah, something moved, and it wasn't just my shoulders. No, no, you can see it in the video. Your hips, my legs, your hips, for sure. It's cold in there. Everything. A little bit. All right, tonight, Braves, (laughs) Cardinals. Yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) Just got it. No, I didn't just get it. I was trying not to laugh. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> Right-handed pitcher Cardinals on the bump, Anthony Charlie Martin, veteran guy. There we go. All right, uh-huh. uh, Brennan Donovan. I mean, come on, why oh, mess yeah, with Of course, yeah. Shows Brennan Donovan. All right, all right. Now this is this could be the so tricky. Is part. this Burleson or the Newt? Newt's hurt, isn't he? Newt's hurt. He's, he's got he's got the bad thumb. yeah he's okay. got the bad thumb. He slid into third base. Yeah. By the day. way, BT, does he not wear the oven mitt? <laughs> Must not, must not have had it on. What the hell's there. wrong with him? The oven mitt's in, so, yeah, but I guess he is. can't grind as hard with the oven mitt on. That's true. It's gonna be hard to uh, shake out the the salt shaker, and I gotta tell you, yeah. that's catching on. I yeah, mean, everybody is. just, just, I mean, both hands. But you can't do it. it. You can't use the thumb to shake it when you got the oven mitt. So it just yeah, looks like just you're looks waxing a car. Yeah. Correct. Right. So maybe that's the reason that that wasn't on. Either way, guys, I don't know how you feel about this. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, is how I feel in the two spot. I'm with him. Yep. Choice Alec Burleson. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah, we did, Janet. Uh, well, uh, this one's tough. This one's real tough. Yeah. This Very could tough. go many ways. Yeah. Go ahead, Jamie. I'm going to shoot from the hip here and go uh, with Paul Goldschmidt. Oh, jeez. Mr. Captain Obvious. Yeah, I know, Janet. Anthony, your thoughts. You guys want me to... Oh, yeah, this, okay. one's, this one's even harder. Nolan Arnauto! That was a layup. There it is. All right. It's kind of nice to have a lineup like this, isn't it? No Where kidding. you feel pretty confident of 3-4-5, what that looks like. I'll do the honors for this one. Give sure. me Wilson Contreras. Wilson! 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 <laughs> 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 oh, I like it. All, All right. right. Uh, Want it back with Gorman here? Storm and Gorman. Let's do it. Oh, it has to be. Storm and Gorman. He's taking the league by storm. 
Okay. Now, Anthony, now we got, uh, I think Jordan Walker's been hitting here last couple of games, hasn't he, BT? He has. uh, yes, I, yesterday he was. Yeah, but I, th- I still think that he might be back a little bit further. He was he was in there yesterday. I, I'm, I'm thinking maybe T.O. could be in this spot. So if no Dylan Carlson? Playing, oh, he's good, DC good had went three, three hits. hits. Yeah. yeah, good day for him. Hmm. Good day for him. It, it, I, it's probably I – mean, it's one of those three guys. Pick your poison. Spin <laughs> that damn wheel that you got over there. Yeah. Oh, it's reserved. What do you think, what do you think Jamie? Uh, I think he goes back to Tyler O'Neill for this one. Show us, show us T.O. Oh, All right. Oh, baby. Now show Jamie, us. beautiful anthem that you guys have. Yeah. Thank you. Have a chance to hear it multiple times. It's very, very nice. Thank you. Show us Jordan Walker. There's absolutely no choice here. Boys, I think we have, uh, I don't want to jinx it here right now. There's only one guy left. It's pretty obvious who it's going to be. It's our first lineup game of the year. We got a walk-off here? Go ahead, Jamie. Tell him. Tommy... Edmund for the win. Yes! yes! I like that, Marsh. You played with our emotions a little bit. I had to keep you guessing. Yeah, sure you did. did. With them. All right, run it, Marsh. All right. Leading off, playing second base, Brendan Donovan, batting second in left field, Alec Burleson, batting third, playing first base, Paul Goldschmidt, batting fourth. Nolan Arnado. He's at third base, batting fifth. Wilson Contreras. He is behind the dish, batting sixth, playing D or he is the DH. Nolan Gorman, batting seventh in center. Tyler O'Neill, batting eighth in right field. Jordan Walker, and batting ninth, the shortstop Tommy Edmond. Yeah. Back, 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 back. I don't believe what I just saw. Home run. I think we give BT the BT's honors here. BT's got the honors. Go yeah, for it. BT. Wow. Thank you, guys. You're this welcome. Feels good. So the Cardinals have hit six home runs so far this year. None of them have come off the bat of Paul Goldschmidt or Nolan Arenado. It changes tonight, boys. And it's going to be Nolan Arenado Ooh, is okay. the guy that gets the first home run of the ball game. All right. Jamie Rivers. Wow. All right. Charlie Morton, veteran guy, probably going to work the plate pretty well on some of these youngsters. However, I feel like tonight is the night. Jordan Walker runs into one. It's going to be a hanging curveball. Doesn't quite have the location that Charlie Morton wants. And Jordan Walker's going to take this thing to Big Mac land. I got, right. I got the big boy. Marsh? Yeah, I think uh well Brendan Donovan's just gonna he's just gonna keep hitting home runs <laughs> until he Love hits it. Anthony's uh, over fifteen. Uh, he's gonna do it in two months. Two months, fifteen home two runs. Two months, fifteen wow. home no, runs. That's a little that's insane. Quick. That's a little insane. But uh boy, we going, stepped it up a little bit, huh? <laughs> yeah. Boy, oh boy, I'm caught up in the with, moment much? Uh I'm gonna go with Brendan Donovan. Wow. I'm going Brendan Donovan, okay. I'm gonna go well, you know what? BT said oh, that, it's, go. that it's either going to be Goldschmidt, Goldschmidt or Arenado. I'm going to go Goldie. <laughs> Give me Paul Goldschmidt, first home run oh, of the night. And we're keeping track of this, right, Marsh? Yeah, we are. So no one won 
last Thursday. Of course, we didn't play Friday. They didn't have a game. And we didn't play over the weekend. But uh, Tyler O'Neill was the first home home run hitter. Uh, so none of us won. Okay. You had Walker, Anthony, Jamie had Gorman, and I had Wilson Contreras. There you have it. BT, I did want to ask you before before you, you left us here today. What do you think Ollie Marmel's game plan is with Alec Burleson? Because I admit, I, I didn't think he was going to make the roster. And not only does he make the roster, he appears. And I don't think, maybe it's just because Lars Newbar has been out. But it appears like Ollie intends to get Burleson some ABs here in, in a heavy outfield slash DH rotation. Yeah, no, it's, it's a really good question because it is very crowded. When you look at your outfield with Walker, Carlson, Newt, O'Neill, and Burleson, I mean, there's only so many at-bats to go around, especially when Gorman is swinging it the way that he is and he's likely to be slated in the DH spot. I still think that this is a lot like it was in spring training. If you hit, you're going to play. Like, he's going to find at-bats for you. So if Burleson continues to take advantage of it, I think that more times than not, he'll see himself out there right now. I think the one guy that Burleson emerging could end up hurting quite a bit could be Dylan Carlson, who already kind of found himself uh, as that fourth outfielder coming into the season right now. That does not help him at all. If Burleson is swinging it the way that he is from the left side, as we know, the league is predominantly right-handed. You could see, like you saw the other day, Carlson coming in late as a defensive replacement for him. But I thought it was very telling on Saturday against Gosman that it wasn't Carlson that got the nod, but it was Alec Burleson who, who ended up getting it. He went 0-4 for 4 in that game, bounced back pretty darn well the next one. But I think that kind of tells you where Ollie is with him. So I think that we're going to see these at-bats get spread around. You will see a little bit of a rotation in that outfield. But ultimately, guys, first of all, depth is a good thing to have. But if you have all these guys that are performing at a high level, I don't see how you don't ship one of them off for a starting pitcher. I, like, I, I feel like that kind of has to be the end of the story. We all know this. The Cardinals season is going to come down to how well, how well they pitch. I, like, I really believe that that's what it's going to be. And I think that these guys in the outfield have significant value when it comes to other clubs, and you might see one of them wearing a different uniform at some point. Well, it would make sense. That's where you want to be as an organization. If you need something, you want to deal from – strength you want to deal from depth and the Cardinals have some depth I just hope when they do make the move it's it's a move that actually improves the top of the rotation and isn't just an arm but it's all of it depends on of course what's available and at what point during the season but it's fascinating nonetheless BT we appreciate you man you're not on the game tonight correct I am not. Look, I, as much as uh, the lineup game was fun, I'm trying to figure out how the O'Fallon Bombers are going to get through six innings pitching-wise tonight. Little man's got a game, so that's yeah. what I'm digging in on right after this. Is he throwing or is he at second? He's gonna. Uh, I think he's going to do a little pitching tonight. He'll okay. make his 2023 pitching debut. It's first-year kid pitch, you know? Nice. So, uh, BT, yeah, what you, be in uh, there for a couple innings. What's the pitch count earmarked at? What are you going to cut him off at? 45 tops, I think, uh, would like just – and that's for everybody. I think two innings. Look, I'm not the manager of this team. I just uh, freelance as a pitching coach. Uh, (laughs) But I would think that right around that 45 pitch mark would be around the tops of where I'd want to keep all the young kids today. Now, if a kid for some reason hits a ding-dong Johnson, which won't happen, of course – uh, have you taught the young man to you know to dot him right then the next kid up gets one in the name tag 
Jamie, this is not the place to talk about that. I'll tell you right now. Uh, so, no. No, we have not. We have not uh, talked ah, about that. We that's talked right. About I'll just, talk to him for you. Just going full on Jack Flaherty, forgetting about that stuff and focusing on the next pitch will, in fact, be a strike or at least exactly where you want it. Nice. So, Dylan, <laughs> Dylan's going to walk seven, but in two hitless innings. No damage we'll done. We'll take it. Yeah. We'll take it. Well, good luck to Dylan, Yeah, man. good luck to Dylan. See you, BT. See you, fellas. That's our guy Brad Thompson here on the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We have your chance right now, each and every day this week, to win a pair of tickets to see KISS on October 25th at Enterprise Center. Tickets for the End of the Road Tour, now their, on sale. Their fifth farewell tour. Their fifth farewell <laughs> tour. They are done after this, maybe. The very, the very last tour ever for the legendary KISS. Or you can win uh, free tickets now by texting in at 314-399-9646. That's the Air Comfort Service text line. Jamie, what's our question today? Well, as we know, most people know that KISS, when they started the band, had a drummer by the name of Peter Chris, who's now back with the band, but he did leave the band for a short period of time, uh, and there was another person that took his spot. Who was that person? What is that drummer's name that came in right after Peter Chris? Who knows? Who really knows? Well, one of you does. And if you're the 101st texter to the Air Comfort Service text line at 314-399-9646, you're going to go see KISS October 25th at Enterprise Center. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Minnesota did something that no team in MLS history has ever done before. Unfortunately, Cheat? they yeah they cheated and they handed Damn City ref. SC a uh, a loss. I didn't think this day would come. We'll talk about it next on One Hundred One ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three oh four, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Well, it has happened, boys. City SC suffered its first loss. Minnesota, the Loons, nice name, came in here, took one shot. That was afforded to them by the refs, and they uh, they waltzed out of here with a victory. Yeah, I'm I am beside myself, pissed off here about this whole thing. Uh, I I can't e- I couldn't wait to get to talk about this because you, know, you talk about being a passionate soccer fan or a passionate soccer fan base. It's all great, you know. All you're winning, everybody's passionate. Screw us over and watch what happens. Yeah, I. I've watched a lot of soccer in my day, Anthony. Screw us. We'll screw you. We will. We will. That was the biggest crap call I've I've seen. Like, 
usually when an opponent has full control of the ball in the box area and they're attempting to score and you slide tackle them out of there, that's a penalty. I got, no, I got nothing. No complaint. Uh, even if the guy ha- has the ball and just bumps it forward, touches it forward to catch up to it, if he's the only one within that area that can catch up to the ball and you slide tackle in the box and take him out of the play, penalty kick. No complaints here. The problem I have with what happened to City SC and how they got screwed was that player from Minnesota bumped the ball ahead or touched it ahead. Then the City SC defender touched the ball. And then our guy Kyle came in with a bit of a slide tackle, took him out a little bit, but had no relevance to the play at all. The Minnesota player was not going to recover the ball, was not about to get a scoring opportunity, yet the referee just felt like, oh, you know what? I'm bored. I'd like to be a part of this game right now and awards a penalty kick. In a, in a nil-nil game, he awards a penalty kick on a play that was not even a scoring opportunity. It's the biggest load of BS I've ever seen. And that's what pissed me off the most about this. You know what? If, if we lose, we lose. It's fine. It is what it is. We're an expansion team, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't expect to go undefeated. However, I was kind of hoping they would. But when I watched that, and, the, you know, again, uh, we'll circle back in a second here because C- City SC had plenty of opportunity to win that game. <sighs> Ton. Right from the very beginning, uh, they they had uh, Leuven had a, a header that just missed, just to screamed yep. the top of the crossbar. They, and they missed high all day. The Klausdale missed a few opportunities. Like, went they went right. Their goaltender, their goalkeeper had a really good game, too. But all that is is secondary when you have a screwed up call like that. And I understand that's the human element, but Anthony, it was obvious that that wasn't a penalty kick situation. If you want to give them a free kick or something from that area, which still would suck, but a penalty kick, I don't know. How do you feel about it? Well, they're I mean, they were diving all night. Minnesota was diving all night. Every that. two seconds, they were diving on the ground. Our guy Kleist, Klaus still tried to do the same thing. I was a little disappointed. We're going to have to have a little chat with him. Yeah. That should have been a good I, – I don't know. Can you – I really – I'm really asking. Can you, like, crush somebody in the back like that? For Klaus? Yeah. He got bummed. He tried, <laughs> he tried to sell that thing. He, he looked like he broke both legs. I was like, Klaus, come on, man. You know, what he, you know what he should have done? What? The old chicken wing. Or chicken beak or whatever <laughs> you used to call beak. it. The old rooster beak. <laughs> Ever with the elbow. He could have. You know? Or just come down hard on the other guy's foot. Yeah. Cleats. Either way. Anyway. I thought you brought up an interesting point, though. We were talking about the this before the show. The fact that City SC, I mean, they were scoring at a good clip, and unfortunately for our girl Jen, we didn't catch the over. You'd been you'd been rolling on that. But you had even mentioned, you said, you know, with the way that Minnesota played, th- their style... It's not necessarily shocking that City SC had a bunch of scoring opportunities but didn't necessarily score. Because doesn't Minnesota play in a certain way where they, they kind of crowd the net? Yeah, they, they, they stack it. You know, they, they, they play for the opportunity of getting that one or two scoring chances and, and scoring a goal. That's why their goal differential is so small this year. Um, but you knew, like, you're going to have to create opportunities against this team, and you did problem is is that they were given an opportunity and anthony i want to address a couple of text messages already today oh boy i'm fired up so uh from the 314 jamie you can't award a free kick for inside the box i understand that i understand that it's either a penalty or no call when it occurs in the box yes i understand that that's why it shouldn't have been a call at all and uh let's see here we had another one too 
I'm a huge soccer and city fan, but that was a foul. Are you then? Are you really a fan? If you call that a foul? Our boys had plenty of chances. The scoring executed our chance. PK wouldn't. I understand that part. But you can't just go handing out penalty kicks for non-relevant plays. It's bottom line. Yeah. Did it prevent a scoring chance, the slide tackle? No, it didn't. Because the guy didn't have the ball anymore. And City SC, I forget the, the other player's name, he had gained control and taken the ball away from him before our guy Kyle came in here with the leg sweep, Miyagi style. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty pretty nice leg sweep, but either way, it pissed me off. I, I, don't, I don't like losing that way. Yeah, like you said, if you're going to lose, fine, but that in that manner is rough. Um, I got my notes. You guys ready? I don't know. I'll just go over them real oh, quick. I'm so ready. Not if Jamie's not ready. I'm angry still. To hell with it. He's ready. All right, here we go. My uh, my notes on the city game. And I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. Maybe I should just throw that pro- you know that uh, disclaimer out along with I don't know Anthony, anything about soccer. How you view the game and you word it yeah, is yours. It's my business. How I view it and word it is mine. That's you know, right. It's just it is what it is. Let's roll. All right, City already doing that soccer by funneling balls to the net. Just missed on the header 930 into the game. That's what you were talking about, I believe. Yeah. One of the many shots that went over the net. Uh, golden scoring opportunity to score on the free kick. And my man sails it to the arch. That was another one that went way too high. Another scoring opportunity, this time by Ostrak. I don't know know if I'm saying his name right. Uh, Who also sails one too high. What the hell happened to that Minnesota player on that yellow card? What ground demon quickly emerged from beneath the grass and broke that dude's femur? That's what happened, right? I mean, it had to either been a ground demon living beneath the stadium that jumped up real quick and shattered that poor Minnesota player's bone or a sniper from atop the lights got him because there's no way that Minnesota player got hurt when the city player ran into him. This was in the first half when that oh, I saw guy it. was on the he ground. He got hit with an elephant gun. Yeah. I think that's what it was. What's I'm saying? I wonder if it was a ground demon. Like yeah. there's Bugs some, Bunny. Something living beneath the stadium that came up and grabbed them real quick. Like that movie Tremors. Exactly, like Tremors. Uh, Leuven with a sweet-ass deke to buy himself some time and then and then some space. Unfortunately, Minnesota's keeper with the diving save. Rare miss by Clousdale, 50 minutes, 51 minutes in. He must have just missed that ball and had one go off the side of his foot wide. He's got to take that thing to the rack and score. <laughs> I don't think there's a rack in soccer, but it's, sure, I wrote that down. I was sure. feeling it. Oh, looking no. at something else. Yeah, I was. Oh, no. <laughs> Our boy Timmy P got shook and then... Oh, t- and that shot attempt by Minnesota's forward, who nails the post and shoots the ball right back off of Timmy's face. That play looked like one of those memes where the volleyball player gets hit in the face 12 times, and then his teammates hold him hold his lifeless body up to clock and to block another shot before winning the game. Maybe Timmy P is still on Canadian time. He didn't look good on that one. I Timmy. thought he had a rough, rough game. That's Timmy P. Yeah. Is he Canadian? Yeah. I think you're thinking of Kyle, Kyle? Hebert. Oh, I'm thinking of Hebert. My bad. Yeah. I, I, Timmy P might be cadouted, though. I don't think he is. No. That's who I was thinking of. It's My okay, bad. Anthony. Keep going. You're hot. Another ground <laughs> Another ground demon causes an injury for a Minnesota player. This must have just happened to get, like back-to-back. At least I wrote it in my notes this way. Same ground demon causes another injury. This is getting out of hand. Where's the push in the back on Klausdale? Their guys can act like they broke their legs when our guys run past them, but Klausdale gets shoved in the back and no call. Did the same refs who called this game also do the Iowa-LSU Women's National Championship game? They were terrible. Yeah, they were. Another header that goes too high. Is this net regulation size or what? What a feed by Klausdale in front of the net for Adenren? Oh, yeah. Adenren? 
Aden. I did. I did. Uh, I did a rod. Missed call, the shot. Without disrespecting, I called him a Diderod. Yeah, uh, my bad. It, the Diderin. Either way, missed wide. Come on, City. Cloudsdale with another missed wide. No talk of luck tonight. City has 682 shots on net while playing the loons, and nobody's talking about luck. I mean, they did. They had a bunch of shots on net. They had opportunities. There's no they doubt. Did. I don't disagree with that. They had opportunities. Apparently, MLS is it's apparently soccer, and the MLS is still tough. You can still suck at MLS. Yeah. That's we got another answer. text here. Jamie, are you okay if opposing players come and slide tackle our players in any part of the field? Then if they seem like they've lost position. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Let's go. Let's pony up a little bit here. We want to slide tackle the hell out of guys out there? Let's go do ahead. It. You just can't slide tackle it in my box. Jamie always says that. Mm. He's always said that. All right, so that's a tough one. Yeah, the notes, like. It's illegal. They're good. Great notes. They just. You know, it doesn't hit the same when you don't get to say, suck at MLS, we're the best team in the league. Well, I did, but it just, it just it it doesn't, doesn't hit home as well. Right yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah, it's a frustrating game. I mean, that I, I will say this, though. As somebody that doesn't that doesn't know soccer, that, that was thrilling in the final couple of minutes. They now, were all over them. It drives me crazy, the extra time thing. I'm trying to learn this, but that, that was... You know when the time is. I, know, I just you never know when the game's actually exactly. Gonna end. I'm like, <laughs> wait, I'm like, I've been thinking for years. How can we not get more exact on this? Like at some point, the referee should be able to signal the clock guy and be like, "Hey, you know, like, like plus six. Right. So then the clock guy goes, "Okay, you know, like just add to it. I don't, yeah, don't, I don't know, know how you would do don't that. Don't go changing rules now. Well, that's see, that's the thing. I, I. I kind of prepared to talk, well, they should do this, that, and the other thing. I don't know. I shouldn't. You know, soccer's been around a while, guys. Anthony, I, you're always – look, we have the pitch clock now mm-hmm. in baseball. Yeah, but the, maybe the games they are call. always – they're ever-evolving. Ah, we can have another pitch clock. Yeah, soccer, there you go, because yeah, of soccer. Yeah, that, makes, that makes sense. Oh, that's certainly. really good. Yeah. yeah. But, I I mean, the, the the final couple of minutes there were, were – I mean, they, they were exciting. They didn't score, but they had how many opportunities? Yeah. And I don't care what anybody says. You'll never convince me that that should have been a foul. Whether it was an unnecessary slide tackle or not, doesn't matter. I like your passion on this either way. Pissed. You know who did score in the final minute of the game? Who? Jordan Cairo. Yeah, he did. Let's talk about it next. I want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Set up to the blue link. Krug with a quick shot. Deflected. Shen towards the goal. Allmark knocked it away. Kairou, he scores! Jordan Kairou! Redemption! 3-3 the score! 23.6 to go in the third period. The Blues have come from behind on Boston. You know, the way I look at it, I didn't think that we, um, you know, we, we weren't solid in really any area like throughout the season there were spurts of it but it wasn't consistency so the way I look at it um, it's consistency for me overall Craig Berube talking about consistency on the season and what 
really why the season kind of got away from them. You also heard Chris Kerber on the home of the Blues, 101 ESPN and Blues Radio Network as the, the Blues fall yesterday. But valiant effort to come back against a, a, a Boston team that is the, Stan, the current Stanley Cup favorite. Jamie, why would you say that? Well, I, their season as 60 a whole. wins? Yeah, I would say Is that. Is that good? Uh, the fact that I think, I don't know, they've, they've, they've lost like once at home, I think, all season long. I mean, they've, <laughs> you're not You're not necessarily the ability to roll the, the ability to roll all four lines, an excellent goaltender. Local uh, boy Trent Frederick. Yeah. Yeah, the old Frederick Roofing. He potted the first goal. That's family. Frederick Roofing. Call Frederick Roofing. No kidding. Yeah, swear That's to good. God. Uh, but yeah, I think Boston just overall just being um, a juggernaut this season. But yeah, it's a good team. What did you think of Craig Ruby's comments there? I, I I think he's spot on. I don't think the Blues have been consistent in any one area or great in any one area this season. And when you mix in a couple of down seasons for players or you, you have to trade guys because of their contract status, it's kind of you're left with what you have right now. With this Blues team. Yeah, it's been incredibly inconsistent in all areas for St. Louis Blues, whether it is the goal scoring, uh, defending as as a five-man unit. We know that that has been inconsistent. Special teams, um, it was your your bread and butter. Really was, especially last year. And, and you know, you look at where the penalty kill and the power play were last year, and now you look where they are. I mean, that that hurts your hockey club. So you got to fix that. Somehow you got to fix that between now and training camp and moving forward because, as we know, in the new NHL, you're going to have plenty of opportunity to score goals on the power play, and you got a lot of opportunities to try and kill penalties, and you better be good, uh, at least adequate in those areas or not. The Blues are at the bottom of the barrel for both categories, which stinks because you look at the team, the, the roster of players, you've got a, 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 a lot of very talented players offensively. That, that can score goals, whatever reason, the power play. I just watch it, and I just can't figure it out. They move the puck too slowly. Um, they, they don't execute passes to where the other player can do something with it. And, and that's the one thing I, I remember so much uh, about Adam Oates, and that's going way back, but any good passer passes the puck to a teammate on a power play, setting them up for success. So with the purpose of scoring a goal or getting them the puck where they can now make a play themselves. I just don't see that. I feel like sometimes the passes are, are just being, you know, snapped around and, and it's just like in the general vicinity of the player. Deal with it. <laughs> I don't you know, here you go. Here's a super duper no look fake, but I'm gonna pass in your skates. Mm-hmm. So now what? Now you got to corral the puck for two or three seconds and you gotta set up again, which slows down your power play. The power play becomes very predictable from the penalty kill standpoint to where the penalty kill is allowed to readjust all the time. A penalty kill should be where you're moving the puck so fast and quickly that you catch a guy that's either too late to get back to where he's supposed to, too lazy, or too tired. And that's where you find the seam plays to either get a shot on net, pass through the penalty killing diamond or box, whatever they're playing, or find the guy in the bumper spot in the middle of the ice. This is why you move the puck quickly. This is why you have a plan in place. This is why you execute with good passes. That hasn't been there. And from the penalty kill standpoint, you know, you went from a very aggressive penalty kill to a more passive penalty kill. You've had some success throughout the year, but now I feel like some of the players are caught to where they're being passive when they should be aggressive, aggressive when they should be passive. There's work to be done. 
I know the coaching staff, their message has been crystal clear all season long on both of these. You listen to Craig Berube uh, following the game in Nashville, and he said basically the same thing. He's like, we're just everything's just evolving too slowly on our power play. You just you need more predictability out there. And we've talked about this. You know, just get the pucks to the net too. More traffic, more chaos in front of the opposition. So, yes, a long answer to your question. There has been a lot of inconsistent play in all areas of the game for the Blues this year. Yeah, and it's gonna. It's not just – we've talked about this too. It's not going to be as easy as, hey, let's just go out there and spend some cap space because you don't have it. You're going to end up with about $4 million in cap space, yeah, Anthony. And, unless, as you have mentioned before, you can move a player that currently has a no-trade no, no, no um, trade, uh, no trade clause in his contract, and you're able to free up some of that space. But good luck doing that because other teams can hone in on you know guys that are underperforming right now. They don't, they don't want to take on you know, your, your cap problem. So you're just going to have to do it on the fly with, the current, with largely the current group that you have. Now, the good thing is you've had some success here over the last couple of weeks. Maybe there's some things that you can extract out of the play that the Blues have, that the Blues have demonstrated and carry that into the offseason. But this is going to be the same. This is largely the same group next year. Yeah, the positive thing about it, though, is you're figuring out right now that you've got some offensive punch to this group. You really do. Take the power play aside, okay, because that's a different kind of offense. Uh, but off the rush, the Blues are number one in the NHL with goals off of the rush as a team. That speaks volumes to what your team can be now. You know, the healthy Robert Thomas, a healthy Pavel Buchnevich, Jordan Cairo, Kapanen, Verana, Sammy Blay. Like you've got some Jake Neighbors. You've got some guys now that can wheel and deal. Let's not forget Braden Shen. Oh boy, did he have a game yesterday. Yeah. That poor bugger. I mean, just how about that for a Sunday afternoon? He gets his finger stomped on, loses a piece of his finger, or he's cut Uh, open for stitches. I don't know exactly what happened. Comes back, plays, gets a slash in the face for stitches under the eye, and then what's your going home present? Well, you get a slap under the nose with a stick in the third period, too. Ouch. He was just laughing. He, he's like, this is so brutal, I have to laugh. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we can't forget that about... That was him on Saturday night that took the ball off the face, too. He got in the city SC game and <laughs> ball went off the post and crushed him right now. Uh, that was Timmy P. Right so the video you're thinking of is Scott Sterling. Or the guy, he's yeah. a soccer goalie. Yes. He takes the, the ball, hits off the post, hits him about... Nine uh, times. Yeah, nine, ten times. And there's another one where he's playing volleyball. The volleyball yeah. one. The volleyball one got me. In the middle. Yeah, I, that Scott one always got me. I'm like, how is this happening? Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> Braden Shenton's another <laughs> one of those guys that can help with your offensive output too. So I think that if you're circling positives going into next year, for me it's your goaltending, which, by the way, uh, Blue's recalling their, their new young netminder Russian goalie. I don't. I don't want to mispronounce his name. We'll pull it up here in a second. But he's up on emergency basis because Thomas Grice uh, out with injury. But to go back to the goaltending thing, uh, yeah, Joel Holfer and Jordan Bennington, who have solidified or locked down your goaltending, you have great uh, output offensively from your forwards. So for me, it comes down to solidifying your decor and how you're going to defend as a team. Uh, And again, that goalie that was called up was Vadim Zarenko. Uh, recall from Springfield under emergency conditions. So we'll see if we get a look at him. I know that he's been playing really well in Springfield as well. So the pool of goalies for the Blues is, is deep. So there's, a, there's still a lot of positives to look at 
even though this year is a down season for the Blues. Congratulations to Terry from Troy. He's the winner of our KISS concert ticket giveaway, and he's going to go see KISS on October 25th at Enterprise Center. Jamie, that question that you laid out there for us. Which drummer replaced Peter Chris right after? His name was Eric Carr. There you go. No so, relation to Derek Carr, so no. I'm told. Or David Carr, for that matter. Terry from Troy, congratulations. You're going to go see Kiss. If you missed your chance, don't worry. we got a ticket giveaway each and every show this week. You can also find a bonus chance to win Kiss tickets under the contest page at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 ESPN mobile app. What's trending is next in the Fastlane. Oh, the cannon has fired and hit Sterling directly to the face. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to find out what's going on in the sports world with What's Trending Now, brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car and get tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals. Welcome back to the Fastlane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Ange Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Guys, tonight, San Diego State looking to defeat Anthony's UConn Huskies in the Men's National Championship game. The question is, does anyone really care about the game? What? Of course. I picked UConn to win it all in our 101 ESPN Bracket Madness Challenge. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. If you go to 101ESPN.com right now, Jamie. I'm on there right now. And if you click on the Bracket Madness. Yeah. Okay? You scroll down. Mm. What do you see? Uh, nothing. You're not even doing it. Nope. Nope. Okay. I know you're lying. All right. Fine. Well, if you go to the leaderboard, I'm fourth. Okay. What? Wouldn't you be first? After UConn wins tonight, maybe. I don't know the... Scoring structure and all that, but maybe I'll be first tonight. If UConn wins it all. Sure. Whatever, dude. Mm-hmm. Anthony, I believe you. I care, Marsh. Mm-hmm. You asked who cares. I care. Does anybody else? No. Not if you didn't pick UConn or San Diego State. No. Mm-hmm. My question is, would it would have changed if it's UConn versus Duke or UConn versus North Carolina or UConn versus UCLA or UConn versus another blue blood, Kansas or whoever? I think it even changes if, if FAU is in there. Really? What? I think so because they're a lower seed. You have that chance of like the upset. Like a Peter's nine seed winning the national championship. Peter's That's just my flat opinion. Flat out hate San Diego State. Oh, I don't hate saying. San Diego State. Wait, isn't San Diego State the nine seed? No. The five. five. Oh, it was yeah, FAU? FAU was nine. Yeah. 
My bad. <laughs> My bad. I don't think Jamie cares. I don't care at all, yeah. to be honest mm. with you. I couldn't care any less. I, I, the only way I'll be watching this is if I accidentally put the channel on there, and then it'll be gone. Not up in this house. Wow. I don't know. I'm not, okay. that, I'm not that angry about it. That's, I'll probably watch a little bit of boy, it. Boy, that's <laughs> tough. <laughs> so, I, care. I was like, I sound like an absolute idiot Hey, Jamie, idiot right I'll, I'll text you when there's two minutes left in the game. Oh, that'd be in the 30 minutes of basketball. <laughs> <laughs> 30 minutes too long for Jamie. <laughs> um, I feel like there was a lot more uh, drama and excitement around the women's uh, Final Four, especially with the way Caitlin Clark was playing. LSU, of course, gets their first national championship uh, and a lot of drama in that oh, in that uh, that game yesterday. Enough. Enough. Referees, like you said earlier, oh, the, the show, referees Anthony, were they were really good. Uh, did their job really good <laughs> yesterday. Um, and, they teed uh, up Clayton, uh, Caitlin Clark for like, just kind of tossing the bas- basketball behind her. Yeah. Whatever. A lot, of, a lot of smack talk, too. Yeah, so obviously the big uh, discussion, no, two big discussions from that game uh, is the refereeing and then, of course, the back and forth mm-hmm. as, you know, you've got um, the LSU girl, Reese. Angel Reese. I'm sorry? Angel Reese. Yeah, Angel Reese doing the John Cena, you can't see me, mm-hmm. and then the, the ring thing. Here's where I go with this. <clears throat> One, I don't care about the trash talk. Goes back and forth, yeah. and you you had both players that did it at different times throughout the tournament and throughout the game or whatever. Doesn't matter. When you're ahead by what was it, 13 or something at that point, mm-hmm. and you're chasing around the best player in all of women's basketball around the court just to do the "you can't see me" and "hey, we're ordering the rings" thing. Don't you just go celebrate your victory? Just go celebrate your win. Yeah, just get over it. It's like I go back to the NHL. I know that's just it's the only thing I can pull from is you battle right to the very end. And when the buzzer goes, when you know the game's over, like you line up one team celebrating, you line up, you shake hands, mm-hmm. congratulate each other and you go on about your merry way. Yeah. And then you go celebrate however you want. That's the way I look at it. I'm not opposed to the trash talking back and forth. And well, she deserved it because she did this. Fine. If that's the way you look at it, fine. I've never liked I personally have never liked the pointing to the scoreboard. Look at the score. Okay, look at your teeth. Whoa. It's a dumb thing to do, and the whole ring thing. Fine, pick your trash talk however you want. But that, you know, she's doing that to the girl who single handedly drug Iowa State to the national championship. Oh, Jamie. What? Okay, what's your. It's the Hawkeyes. It was Iowa. I said that Iowa. That Iowa State. No, you said that, Anthony. <laughs> I the, just I just pointed that out because Iowa State and Iowa. Oh yeah, you're the great state. Rivals. You've never made a mistake, eh, Edwin Perez? I've made a lot of mistakes, Jamie. A ton of them, <laughs> in fact. What is your thoughts on it? Whatever reaction you had from what you saw in that game, it's more about you than it is those two girls, because. Caitlin Clark did the John Cena thing first. Of course she did. Which is where Reese where Reese got it from. Like Reese Reese was doing that thing. Totally back. get it. I think the reaction, the 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 anger came from the fact that Reese took it up a notch. Like Caitlin Clark has had 
she's very energetic and she's you know she'll she's pumping up the crowd and like I said she did the Cena thing in that same game <laughs> Clark Clark did the same thing in that or in the, in the same game at one point uh against Louisville, Louisville yeah. in the lead aid you know she 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 was doing some trash talk with another girl and she said she said you're down by 15 points shut up I got no problem with it I got no problem <laughs> with either side of it I really don't I don't have any issue with it I don't because here's the thing. Here's what I hope for, and this is this goes back to what I'm saying, Jamie, about whatever reaction you had had had, had it says more about you than than what you actually than like the two girls that were really involved. explain that, Anthony. For me, what does it say about me, Anthony? That you're a stand-up guy. Oh yeah, stand-up guy. You, you're a hockey player. You you just you get it you get it on for three periods, potentially more, depending on the situation. As long as it takes. Series, you know, game after game after game in that over series, and over and over, and then you line up and you shake hands. That's that is one of the more remarkable things when it comes to hockey that people are like always aghast about how two teams can hate each other for potentially seven games and then line up like nothing happened and respect each other that mm-hmm. way. That Jamie, that is that is what what you know where like you came from, right? For me, I watch what happened. In that in that situation with with Reese and she, and she took it up a notch, right? She she did the ring finger not once but twice. The thing I thought was lame was when she put the L, the L on her forehead. And she's done like doing the loser thing. Like okay, you you, you made your point. You did the scene thing. Whole point. She made like, her come point. On. You don't have to like she didn't have to follow around the Iowa player yeah. for ten seconds to just do the same thing over right. and over again. But what but what I hope for now is just as I hope for in any situation like that, somebody to come along and put Reese in her place. And maybe do the John Cena thing. Yeah. That's what I hope for. I'm good I'm good with settling scores. Now if Reese settled the score with Caden Clark, cool. I'm fine with it. Now somebody, whether it's you know LSU next season or WNBA WNBA, somebody do it to her too. Because if you're oh, gonna you know do gonna it happen. If you're gonna do it, yeah, you you better you better understand that when somebody does it to you, you can't you can't cry foul. And Caitlin Clark, what did she do in the press conference? They asked her about it, and she goes, "I I wasn't really focused on that. All credit to LSU. Gave high compliments, yep. high praise to LSU's legendary coach, and 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 moved on because she knows if she's gonna squawk and somebody does it to her, fine." You but, live and die by the sword. Exactly. Exactly. I get it. So that's kind of where I'm coming from with it. I don't mind it. I don't mind it one bit. But now I'm kind of rooting for the controversy. The controversy. The aftermath. You know? The rough and rowdy. Yeah. Yeah. I want to address a text here from the 636. It says, uh, Jamie was mighty fine with Patty Maroon saying, You guys are blanked. Yeah, it was. That was game two, by the way. That was game two. It wasn't with 10 seconds left when they were ahead by three goals. It was game two that he said that. So let's put some context around it. It was different. Yeah, you mentioned the score. See, now, if if it's, we love it, obviously, with the, with the Blues, if I was on the other side of that and the Bruins were doing some squawking and Maroon said that and then there was this big big back and forth, like you said, you live and die, with, live and die by the sword. That's how I view it. Now yeah, have other but if people you're up by three goals and there's ten seconds left in the Stanley Cup final in game seven, you don't go chirping the other team. Right. However, anybody else has taken this, and there is various levels that people have taken this, right? Whether it, it is the, you know, 
the double standards with, uh, you know, women's teams versus men's teams. I don't view it that way at all. We're, we're critical of men's teams. We're critical of certain players that do a well, bunch of crap talking. Girls exactly. and guys, Anthony. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But there are there are other levels that people have taken it to. Oh, they're stupid. But, but for me, I don't view it that way. No, I don't view it at all. It's two athletes that were getting after the national championship game. Two right. really good players. Yeah. I don't view it any other way than that. Damn right. Anybody else who does, it's dumb. Hey, now. They are. I don't care. I stand by it. All right. I'm with you. Congratulations to LSU, by the way. National champions. Yeah. And it draws. I mean, it drew Can a lot of. Can we talk about the LSU coach's outfit, by the way? Did you see her get up on yes. the sidelines yeah. there? That was incredible. I didn't know. I thought it was the greatest show on earth. I thought it was <laughs> the circus flashy two piece suit with the gold and all that. She had it working. I mean, I didn't hate it at She's all. She's a legend. She's that she was wear, awesome. Wear whatever the hell she wants. You know, she showed up to LSU and said, hey, there's a lot of conference championship uh, banners up there. A lot of championship. You know what I don't see? I don't see a national championship. Ah, now you do. Yep. Wonder so if they her. hang that suit right next to the banner. I think you do. I think you put it in a in a case. You frame it. Put it right up there. I like that. Drag it up to the rafters right there with the championship with the banner. banner. That's right. All right. If they can, and I emphasize if they can, should the Cardinals re-up with Jordan Montgomery? That's next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Before we move on, yeah. I, just one thing: just you can't, you seemingly can't get past. There's something that's yeah. nagging at you. My brain is stuck on something, and I, I know there's something to it, but I can't remember exactly. So, Kim Mulkey, the head coach of the LSU women's national championship team, yeah. now, um, she's got a son uh, that plays pro sports. I remember mm. her talking in an interview one time. I, I can't place who it is. But it's driving me crazy. It's one of those things like I'll make I'll wake up like at midnight tonight and like call you and be like, oh, it's blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, anyways, Kim Mulkey has hmm. a son that I, I believe yeah. has a son that played or does play somewhere. currently somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, probably a basketball maybe player, the, I imagine. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Football, maybe? the maybe? tax line could, could help us out. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. It is the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie, I know you'll figure that out. Uh, and I know the Cardinals will figure it out with Jordan Montgomery. <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> fish on! I was about to say, is it fish in a barrel? Fish on! Um, the, uh, this, this conversation has nothing to... Not, it, not nothing, but this conversation is not just about yesterday. So I'm sure after the text line continues to text in Kramer <laughs> Robertson. Um, <laughs> Fish on, text line! Someone said Shohei Otani. <laughs> <laughs> that keeps ba- Why? She was on BK forever. Yeah, we, we, know. Know. we know. We know. Text line, April Fool's. We, 
We're a little late, but you April know, it's Anthony's a little slower than hey, most. Speaking That's of very that, true. real quick, did you no see doubt. what the Battlehawks posted on Twitter? Yeah, that was genius, yeah. by the way. That was great. I thought it was funny, but some people, some people some didn't love it. Was it was real. Well, and some people didn't, what, didn't like, didn't appreciate the world? joke. What is wrong in your world where you think that that's real? Like, I read two sentences into it. I'm like, ah, the guy, that's good. Yeah. And meanwhile, I'm reading the comments, and they're like, yeah, just another team LA is going to take from us. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Excuse me, ma'am or sir, have you have you checked the date? Uh, you got you to appreciate it a little bit. What the hell is wrong right? with you? A little bit. So no, we got we to gotta read this now. I'm trying to find it. <laughs> I mean, it was... It was hilarious. It was this great. Was a, this was an April's, April Fool's joke. I can't find it now. Well, Anthony, all you have to do is go to the yeah, Battle I know. Hawks, I'm scrolling. And uh, they usually have it right right there, you know, since uh, this is your first day with the computer. Yeah, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Official. Here we go. Official statement. This is from the St. Louis Battle Hawks official Twitter page. Following a vote from XFL owners, the Battle Hawks have been, have been officially approved to relocate to the greater Los Angeles area and will do so for the 2024 season. St. Louis is a city known for its incredibly hardworking, passionate, and proud people. Bringing the XFL back to St. Louis in 2023 will go down as one of the proudest moments in our league's history. This move isn't about whether we love St. Louis or its fans, but rather about what is... What is in the best interest of the Battlehawks organization? We would like to thank the XFL, its owners, and all of the Battlehawk Nation for their diligence and dedication. And we look forward to building a world-class franchise in Inglewood. <laughs> the last part got me. Don't, the official Ingle. Don't Inglewood. read the comments. You'll be disappointed with some people's mental capacity. And then they link to an April Fool statement. We're not going anywhere. XOXO at the St. Louis Battlehawks. Mm-hmm. People didn't get that far, though. No. So they're not... Uh, yeah, I they're bet not you Kroenke's involved in this, too. That Kroenke got us again. That son of a... Someone asked me the question over the weekend after looking at this this statement. Do you think Stan Kroenke, if he wanted to, could just buy the XFL and be like, ah. Of course he could. Probably. Screw you. St. Louis. Yeah. He, what he, what, <laughs> imagine he bought the XFL and he um, just kicks one team out of the league. The battle. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're uh, we're shut. We're folding. Only one organization. It's been way too popular, way too successful, and a fan base that just doesn't appreciate pro football <laughs> <laughs> or sports in general. Or sportsmen. <laughs> Look at the way they've uh, they've supported yeah. their soccer team. How dare they support four pro franchises they're, at once they're kicking their fans out of their own soccer stadium i saw that what are we doing there by the way can we talk about that for a second yeah. i want to find out now text line you can be reactivated here i'm done trolling you but uh by the way the air comfort service text line is 314-399-9646 we'll do this quickly anthony we got to get to the gauntlet why don't we get to why don't we get to it we're going to get the gauntlet next, yeah. okay? Following the gauntlet, we're going to get into some things that happened with St. Louis City SC. Yeah. That's right here on 101 ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We're right back 
to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Can you survive the gauntlet? Four oh two. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. We welcome in Jeff to the Gauntlet. What's up, Jeff? How's it going, guys? Good, man. How are you? First time in the Gauntlet? Uh, yeah, yeah, yep. I was supposed to be on Friday, but well, you know how that went. So. Oh, okay. Well, welcome in. Glad we made it work for Thanks. you. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. All right. Would you like to take on Marsh, Jamie, or myself today? Uh, start off with Marsh. Get the closer out of the way early. Okay, I see. Right. A reverse engineer there. I you like know, it. Yeah, get him in the uncomfortable situation. Okay, I like that. Hmm. Yeah. Jamie, your yeah. thoughts? No, I'm I'm here for it. Okay. All right, Jeff. Tell uh, tell Marsh to spin that wheel. Uh, give that wheel a spin. What are you hoping for, Jeff? Uh, anything but hockey. Okay. See what we got here. It is. I guess football or baseball, bro. Well, it's none well, of those. It's none of those. <laughs> none of those that you mentioned. It's random today. How do you feel about random? Oh, uh, that. Well, I guess. Who knows? Well, lately, we'll lately though, Jeff, random by our good guy Grant Francis has had some sports random questions, not just crazy random questions. So could, I, I like, I like that. Yeah, and it could work that. out. All right, yeah, sorry. I noticed a lot of, like, college basketball. All right, let's see here. College basketball. Hey, don't forget, we got the national championship game tonight. Pre-game starting at 5.30, UConn versus San Diego State. All right, Jeff, you know the rules, but for those that don't, Jeff and Marsh will get the same four random questions today. Jeff will go first. If he needs the options on any question, then the, that question is worth one point as opposed to two. Same thing for Marsh. Jeff, you ready? Yep, let's do it. All right, question one. What is the most populous city in the world? What is the most populous city in the world? You don't even know what that word means, Anthony. You don't even know what a write-off is. <laughs> well, I think a uh, populous city is probably somewhere in China or India. Uh, let's, uh, let's get the options. New York City, Beijing, or Tokyo? Well, I don't think it's Tokyo. Uh, we'll go with Beijing. I'm, I was going to go Hong Kong, so I'm glad I went with the option. Final answer? Yeah, final answer. Beijing. All right, Jeff, question number two. Which team has won the most championships in MLS history? Uh, uh, let's just take a guess and say... Galaxy. Final answer? I guess, yeah. All right. Question number three. Denzel Washington, before becoming a famous actor, played college basketball at which university? Oh, man. Uh, Options, please. Dartmouth, Fordham, or Princeton? Dartmouth sounds familiar. Let's let's try Dartmouth. Final answer? Final final answer. All right, last question. Which country is home to the headquarters of the car manufacturer Bentley? 
Bentley. What country? Yes, sir. I guess, uh, give me the options. All right, is it Italy, England, or Germany? Italy, England, or Germany. Uh, let's go with England. Final answer? Final answer. All righty. Yep. All right, let's welcome in Marsh. How you feeling, Jeff? Uh, not good. Okay. Hey, you never know. Here comes Marsh making his way back in. He's taking his uh, customary drink of water. As he approaches the mic. By the way, his mic muff uh, is completely torn up. Yeah, did you bite? What did you do that? with that? What are thing? you doing? I have no idea. Let's get let's get Marsh a new mic muff, huh? Yeah. Hey, why don't we switch it? Here's one right here. There you but go. is that your muff? Nope. Be careful. It's a random. Just, it's a random muff. You can't just okay. quit using anybody's muff. Yeah, that's true. There's laws against that. Hmm. All right, Marsh. Yeah. How are you feeling? I feel good. Jamie, tell him. Jamie, I'm pack of lunch, thank Marcy. you. Okay. Your category today, Marsh, mm-hmm. is random. Okay. Question number one: What is the most populous city in the world? Populous city in the world. What is the most populous city in the world? All right. Um, I'm thinking somewhere in. In Asia, let's let's use the options: New York City, Beijing, Tokyo. Let's go with Beijing. Final answer. All right. All right, Marshy. Question number two: Which team has won the most championships in MLS history? Wow. Uh For some reason the uh, Houston Dynamo come to come to mind. Probably going to need to use the options though. All right. Is it the Seattle Sounders, LA Galaxy, or DC United? Mm. Mm-mm. Let's go with I mm, DC United. Final answer. Question number three. Denzel Washington, before becoming a famous actor, played college basketball at which university? No idea. Gonna, gonna need the options. All right. Dartmouth, Fordham, Princeton. Let's go with Fordham. Final answer? Final answer. All right, Andrew. Final question of the day. Which country is home to the headquarters of the car manufacturer Bentley? Options. Is it Italy, England, or Germany? Bentley. Oh. Um, 
These are hard questions. Let's go with what was you said England was one of them? Italy, England, or Germany? Mm, I don't think Bentley's German. I did think Italy though, but whenever I think Italy, I think of like nice sports cars. Bentley seems more like elegant of a car. Let's go with the UK or uh, England. Final answer. All right, let's start right there between Jeff and Marsh. Which country is home to the headquarters of the car manufacturer Bentley? Jeff, you said England. Marsh, you said England. Correct answer is. Why, well, it's England! But. Jeff didn't need the options. No, you guys both needed oh, okay. the options. 1 1. We had a question on the text line. Sure. Somebody said, that's a trick question because they were bought by Volkswagen and that's in Germany. Okay, you're right. They were. But the headquarters for Bentley is still located in Crewe, England. So our answer is correct. Moving on. One, one tie. Don't be disgusted with me, Anthony. We got people that are already upset. We I'm not disgusted it. with you. Okay. What is the most populous city in the world? Jeff, you went with Beijing. Marsh, you went with Beijing. Correct answer is? It's in fact... Tokyo. Tokyo. So oh. we still have a 1-1 one, one tie. We mm. had a discrepancy on this one, oh, too. Oh Somebody boy. said, you guys are wrong. Said it's Shanghai. Nope. Google says Tokyo at 37 million, Shanghai at 28 million. You want to argue with Google? Find the phone number and call them. Denzel Washington, before becoming a famous actor, played college basketball at which university? Jeff, you went with Dartmouth. Marsh, you went with, oh, I don't know, Fordham. Correct answer is? It is Fordham. Marsh with a 2-1 lead over Jeff. Comes down to this. Which team has won the most championships in MLS history? Marsh, you went with DC United. Jeff, you went with LA Galaxy. Marsh, you with a 2-1 lead over Jeff. Correct answer is? LA Galaxy. It is the LA Galaxy. Ah. And Jeff didn't need the options. What? Jeff. You have chosen wisely. That's right, Jeff, with a two-pointer on that second question. LA Galaxy, not LAFC, yep. has won five championships. DC United, four championships. So, Marsh, you were you're in the right ballpark there. Yeah, LA, you know, they had Beckham. I thought maybe they'd be too, too obvious, so... Either way. Didn't go with him. Jeff with a 3-2 win today. He's going to advance to take on either Jamie or myself tomorrow. Nice job, Jeff. Thank you. Congratulations. All right. So there's the gauntlet here on 101 ESPN. Good job to Jeff. Great job. And nice job, Jamie, dealing with the uh, the criticism when it comes to the tax line. Yeah, there's still people that are firing off tax. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Was that the, uh, the shooter shoot? I'm in the... Cone of silence, and all of a sudden, I see Jamie doing one of those. Looked like he was no, Steph Curry was, from the Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington question. Yeah. Oh, okay. Playing yeah. basketball. He was playing basketball. Oh. What did that guy's Jesus Shuttlesworth? Yes. Yeah. That that was. Uh, he got game. Jerry Stackhouse. No, no, it was uh, Allen. Allen. Yeah. That's right. Ray, Ray Allen. Allen. Ray Allen was Jesus Shuttlesworth. Yeah. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. No, Denzel was. 
Oh, Denzel was. What the hell is, do you even pay attention at all anymore? Oh, no, I, I don't, Jamie. You got me there. I apologize. Anthony oh. doesn't watch the movies. I, I, I well, apologize for... Don't apologize to me, Anthony. Screwing that up so bo- so badly. Apologize to the people who believe you. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't you feel that way? There it is. All right. Jamie wanted to dive back into something that happened at City SC over sure. the weekend. An egregious act. I just don't know which side Jamie's on, so we'll find out next. I don't know either. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Dive back into the Cardinals in about 10 minutes or so. A uh, big weekend for several Cardinals players, including Nolan Gorman, who we talked about in the first hour. In fact, we spent uh, the entire first hour talking to our guy Brad Thompson about various Cardinals topics that we'll readdress yeah. throughout the course of the show. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Uh, but, Jamie, you had mentioned before the gauntlet, you had brought up how City SC, we, we, one of us made a joke about uh, the fan. I think it was me, fans being thrown out of the City SC game. Yeah. But that created kind of a stir. There's about four fans, I think, that were in one of the sections, and they, they they were in a section where a lot of the people were sitting down. Now, most of the stadium was standing up, uh, but they were in a section where they had been season ticket holders before, according to the person on Twitter who had said, they, hey, that was me. Four people were standing up at the city game. They had st- stood up the entire two games prior to that, no issues, but the people behind them this time around complained to security. Security came up once. And the, the 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 fans were like, well, is it an issue that we're standing up? Are we not allowed to? And the security's like, no, you just can't get vulgar and all that with the people behind you. And the four guys behind the four guys who were standing up were like, we're not. Well, the people behind them called the security back up, the cops back up, and the fans got tossed in that. So, I mean, this is one of these situations, Jamie, where it's I, I don't know where you fall on this. Whether you you say, hey, if you're sitting behind them, stand up, or do you? Is it a situation where you have to read the room as a fan, read the section as? A yeah. Fan? So first of all, I have a zero tolerance on vulgarity at these things. I really they do. say they weren't being. Vulgar, no, no. I'm just but... saying, just getting it out there in the universe. Sure. Is that if you're a sports fan at a Blues game, Cardinals game, Battle Hawks, or a City SC, you can get your point across without yelling vulgarities. We want to try and promote these sports and bring our kids to them and have those. Those lasting memories of being at great games with your kids or your grandkids. Last thing you want your kids laughing. That guy said F U to grandpa. Like he no He said F A U. Yeah. They they He's lost out. The owls Won't be playing lost. tonight. Who? Who? Um so uh, that's where I stand with, with with that part of it. And I don't know if that's true or not, or if it was just said to get the attention of the security guy. Here's the thing. I think you have to read the room when it comes to what sport you're attending. At a Cardinals game, if the people are in front of you are standing up the whole game, I'm probably going to get irritated a couple of innings in and be like, hey, buddy, grab some wood. Get down there. Park it. You yeah. know? Like, enough. Big hit, home run, jump up. Cheer. I don't of care. Course, right. Awesome. Right. Yeah. Nice play by Nolan Arenado at third base. Jump up, man. Let's go. But to stand there and just over and over and over, like, I've had enough. Uh, at a Blues game, I think standing up the whole time, can't do it. 
Big play, you jump up, celebrate. At a City SC game, from what I know of soccer fans, Anthony, they're extremely passionate, energetic, and boisterous. Played over in Europe. Nobody in the stadium sits down. They're jumping and dancing and singing and playing drums and all sorts of other craziness the entire game, almost. And so far, the atmosphere here with City SC has been awesome. The stadium is incredible. Um, You know, there's not a bad view from anywhere in the stadium. And people are excited. They're standing up. So I I also understand that there's a a threshold, too, for somebody where if they have small children at the game, uh, maybe you're a little older, maybe you just don't want to stand the whole game. Mm -hmm. It's probably difficult. But then find a section where... You don't stand. And I don't know if that section exists, but I, I do know that they have certain sections that are seated areas. Sitting room only is what they call it. Is that Sitting what it is? Only. Yeah. Okay. So maybe you buck up and you buy one of those tickets. Right. I don't know. I just, we finally have a soccer team here and soccer fans to what we have seen already are extremely passionate about their, their team. And now we're telling them that if you don't sit down, you get thrown out and even handcuffed outside the stadium. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like, what are we doing? Like, I don't that's, understand. Like, yeah. That's the part I don't get. Yeah. I mean, but if the entire section is sitting down, I mean, that's tough. Maybe if you're the guys, you kind of find your way to a, a spot where you can stand. I mean, I just think about if I've got if I've got kids, and I don't know what the situation was behind them. And maybe the people behind them were being jerks. I don't know. But if I've got, you know, like we've got three small ones, if they can't see and I paid good money to, to sit wherever it is at the stadium, hey, here's this great experience that you won't be able to see because four guys are standing up. Or maybe, and somebody had said this on Twitter, maybe if you're the, 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 the people behind him, you say, hey, listen, I know you want to stand, no problem. How about we swap seats then? Yeah. The people in front of you are sitting down. How about we just swap seats? You guys can stand behind us. No no harm, no foul. I realize it's your season tickets and all that, but I got I got some little ones here. Can I? Can, can we Can we change? That's too mature, I don't think. I yeah. Mean, that's just way too mature. Okay. I don't know if that yeah. conversation actually feel, can happen in, in this feel, uh, climate. Okay, yeah, good point, Mark. I also do feel that the, hell's wrong with me? the fans who are standing have to read the room, too. Yeah. And if you're the only four guys that are standing in the section, right. like for the entire game, maybe have a look left and right and take a seat for a little while. Right. I don't mean like for the whole game. You know, kind of give it a rest for a bit. But from what I've seen so far, except for the sitting room only, it's people it's mostly standing. People are standing up. Mm-hmm. They're excited. They're they're cheering. They're loud. I, mean, I don't know. I just I think I think that part of it is ridiculous, and so much so that you don't see that even at our Battle Hawks. The no. Battle Hawks mm-hmm. got some nutcases down Darn at the right. dome, and we say that with love in our it's hearts. Nothing but love, mm-hmm. nothing but love. Which is why I want our City SC fans to all be the same way. Which right. for the most part they have been, but the Battle Hawks, Anthony, mm-hmm. um, another victory, another victory over the Houston Roughnecks. Who AJ are, McCarron three touchdowns. Yeah, he he. AJ McCarron continues to be one of the difference makers for the Battle Hawks. I mean, he's again he checks off of a play at one point. And realize their single coverage to a receiver that's got you know uh, a height height weight you know uh, advantage on the corner winds up dropping dropping one in perfectly for a touchdown. We've got AJ McCarron. You don't. I mean, most of the league that that's one of the big separators. Houston, I thought was one of. The, I thought they were better than DC before the two played. Now Houston has just completely fallen off. And I wonder if Houston, like from a coaching standpoint. 
how you could watch the the film of the Battle Hawks over the previous weeks and not run the ball consistently with that kid from Washington State, I don't know. Well, maybe but the Battle can, Hawks made some changes, Anthony. They did not. Not what? one bit. They had, I mean, Jamie, they had, they didn't have numbers on most of their 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 plays defensively. And what I mean by they didn't have numbers, I mean there was three offensive linemen or two offensive linemen per defender in the box against the Battle Hawks on most downs. You have to run the ball constantly. And that's what D.C. did. D.C. constantly just handed the ball off, and you saw Abram Smith just gouge them. I don't, I don't understand. If you're Houston, you have a pretty good running game, why you wouldn't, why you wouldn't gouge the Battle Hawks in the same way? Nonetheless, thankfully, they, they didn't. They went pass-happy, played into the Battle Hawks' strength, which is, in my opinion, defensively their secondary, and then A.J. McCarron did the rest. And A.J. McCarron continues to play behind a offensive line that really hasn't gelled. I thought there was a little bit of better play in weeks in two and three, but, I mean, with, with the amount of times that they spread it out and they leave guys one-on-one, McCarron's got to get the ball out of his hands quickly or he's a sitting duck. And he either makes that quick read, gets the ball out, or makes the, line, makes the adjustment at the line of scrimmage, gets the ball out for a big play, or, you know, unfortunately he takes a beating. And that I haven't seen much difference out of the Battlehawks since week one. They're the second best team in the league, and they play in a division that's unfortunately that's that they've got the three teams: DC, the Battlehawks, and then Seattle's won five straight. The other division, again, I thought Houston was much better. They've dropped three straight. Nobody in that division is very good. The other one. So how's so, a playoff format? Do we know yet? I don't know. I'll, like, I'll be I wonder honest if there's going to be know. cross division play right away, or they got to battle it out with the other best teams. I hope I hope they re- I hope they seed it where yeah, it's the entire league. Yeah, wouldn't that make more sense for competitive balance? I would, I would hope so. Cuz imagine if you had a couple of your best teams eliminated early and then one of the teams just goes and runs the table after. Right. Yeah, that would be unfortunate for yeah. sure. But another nice win for the Battlehawks again. I think Agent McCarron is the big difference and and his receivers continue. I mean, there was another big time play, a couple of plays. Shepard made some made a made a big play at one point. Uh, for a touchdown, and so did Butler, who just completely owned one of the corners, went right over, right over top of him. So nice win there for the Battlehawks. All right, let's get back into the Cardinals. They win two of three against Toronto. Our thoughts on the young hitters that have already stepped up that we've seen. This offense is legit, and we'll dive into some pitching too next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. While opening day was spoiled, the rest of the series for the Cardinals was outstanding as they knock off the Blue Jays, a legit World Series contender, uh, in back-to-back games on Saturday and Sunday to win this series. First series down, and uh, the Cardinals are already 2-1. and one. With Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Jamie, if we're, if we're just going to talk about overarching biggest takeaway for, the, for you, with this weekend series at the Cardinals, what was it? This Just lineup one. can bang, baby. This lineup can put up some serious offensive numbers. And All day and night. Yeah, and they've got guys that are bench players right now that can bring offense too. So, for, I guess, you know, going into the season, I think one of the biggest questions, certainly that I had, was, well, a couple of them. One was, 
How are you going to replace what Albert Pujols did in the second half of last year? And some would say, well, you signed Wilson Contreras for that. Okay, fine. Fine, but how do you add to that? Because we say last year we're like, they need another bat. They need another bat to be competitive and not just win their division and get to the wild card game or whatever. They need another bat. Look at the lineup right now. Now, I understand it's small sample size. It's three games. Okay, fine. But that's the only three games we have to talk about. Three big games. They were three big games. But those are those are the games that you've played so far, and you've seen a lineup top to bottom that's been able to put some offense out there, some big numbers early for this team. And, again, I'm going to go back to the fact that Alec Burleson's a bench player, comes off, gets a ding-dong Johnson. Uh, Nolan Gorman uh, has been red hot this whole season at the DH spot. You've got Lars Nupar, who's not even playing right now because he's injured. You've got Juan Yepes, who's down in Memphis right now, who could come up and help provide some offense if need be. So, to me, you have a lot of offense, off, offensive depth. <laughs> a lot of Fs, a lot of Ss. You nailed it. Thuffering Thuckatash. You nailed it, Jamie. Yeah. Proud of you, kid. So that's my biggest thing right now is this, this team uh, has a lot of punch offense. Yeah, I'm with you. This offense this offense looks legit. That was the thing that we circled in spring training. He's like, wow, all these guys are hitting. Not surely not all these guys are going to hit, right? Well, uh, Brennan Donovan, after three games and 14 at-bats, he's already got a 357 batting average. Nolan Arenado, 13 at-bats, he's got a 308 average. Tommy Edmond hitting at the bottom of the order. And what a luxury to have Tommy Edmond hit ninth for you. He, in 12 at-bats, is hitting 333. Jordan Walker has not looked overwhelmed whatsoever. He looks like he belongs. He's hitting 333. As BT mentioned before, one walk that he's drawn only struck out once thus far in his 12 at-bats. Goldschmidt, I mean, look, on down the line. The power has been there, too. Brennan Donovan already has two home runs on the year. Gorman hit two home runs yesterday. Tyler O'Neill powered one out in the, in the, uh, uh, the opening day matchup and then Alec Burleson who I didn't even think was going to make the team because I thought that they wanted to kind of make sure that he got enough at at bats in Memphis he not only makes a team Lars Newpar sprains his thumb sliding into third base on opening day Burleson's hitting second for you and hits a ding dong Johnson yesterday this team's got pop they've got plenty of guys that can you know spray it all over the field they've got gap to gap ability Uh, this lineup I think this lineup is what we were saying throughout spring could be the best in the National League. This lineup's so or good. one of, I should say. Not nah, the hell with it. They're the best in the National League. Jesus. This go lineup is, go home, is so good that the 618 texted us earlier today saying, I'm eating crow today. Michael, it should have been better, but two great wins. <laughs> <laughs> That's a You know, though, I appreciate that from the 618. I like it. A little bit of self-awareness yeah. on that one there. Accountability. Accountability. I, he ain't wrong, though. Michael, no, could have been a little wrong. bit better. But. but wait, no. Doesn't it add more credibility now to yeah. him being on the fact? He says, I got to eat some crow today. Yeah. The offense was good. Cars look good. However, I am going to stick to the fact that Michaelis has to be better. So sure. now, I, now I look at it and go, you know what? Just like you said, he's not wrong. He's not wrong, absolutely. And so. the pitching is still somewhat of a concern. It's a big concern. Come on, man. Jack Flaherty didn't give up a hit. Like what I know, I was. I saw it, Anthony, with my own what eyes. What's your problem today, well, the Marsh? The strike zone seems to be the problem. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Career high seven walks. Is mm. that mm. yeah? And a hit batter. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. Only mm. forty nine of ninety five <laughs> pitches That's were the strikes. One right there. Yeah. You know what? I was watching that on Saturday, and I said, you know what? This is going to help him later in the season 
in tough spots. Is it? Yeah, he's 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 getting work done early, hmm. loading bases. You know, guys on first and second, he's no outs. Purposely putting himself yeah. to these high ah. situational baseball. <laughs> okay, and he executed great. How is that what it is? That's, That's how, how I spin. saw it. That's right. Brad Thompson asking. There it was. <laughs> I'm impressed. Yeah. I mean, my goodness. No, the, the the pitching. It's not just the starting pitching either. No, the the pitching. So go back to our good our good friend Jordan Hicks. Guy's got he's a flamethrower that can't find the strike zone and can't seem to strike anybody out. You want some early numbers on the pen? I do. Okay. I do, Anthony. And I, I know you have them handy. Yes, I do. If I can find you, them in the You walk here. around with those on a daily basis. I and usually do. they're laminated, which is pretty impressive. Thank you. I laminate them uh, each and every day. All right, here you go. Uh the bullpen thus far. <laughs> Jamie Rivers. Um as we know. We know uh, Gallegos is out right now. He was not. Some say he's just afraid of the pitch clock. He keeps uh, avoiding it. That's I just it's what I hear. It's in play. It was so, on MLB Rumors. It was yeah. com. <laughs> it's just what the kids are saying in the streets. Anthony. That makes sense. So Gallegos was unavailable opening day and on Saturday due to lower back soreness. Did not pitch in yesterday's game either. Helsley, as we know, he blew game one in the ninth inning opening day, but he recorded the final five outs of the Cardinals' win yesterday. That's the good news. Oh, I thought you were talking about the game Actually, one the Saturday. wild card series. No, no, boy. no, no. no. Right. I recorded the final five outs on the card of the Cardinals' win on Saturday against the Blue Jays. He had to record five outs because of the mess that Jordan Hicks, which Jamie just alluded to, left him in the eighth. Hicks gave up a run, recorded only one out. And also put tying runs on base before departing the game. Then Helsley got a little rocky, made it interesting. He allowed a pair of singles, then struck out Vladimir Guerrero, then got Dalton Varsho, the cleanup hitter, to pop up. Here's the bullpen numbers, though. Three games. The pen has allowed six earned runs, has issued seven walks, has a league low eight strikeouts, and a National League high 6.48 ERA. The good news is... Uh, that ERA is not higher than the team you just faced, the Toronto Blue Jays, who have the worst ERA when it comes to the bullpen. But, um, yeah, Helsley, little shaky early. Jordan Hicks, little shaky. Gallegos not available. Those are your top three guys when it comes to the pen right now. Which is kind of flip-flop from what we thought would be this year. We thought the Very rotation true. was fine. Mm-hmm. But that the bullpen rock solid. Your yep. bullpen saw it's on Still lockdown. Strength. We got somebody for every situation. Yeah. I'm worried about the starting pitching, though. I really am. You got Miles Michaelis, who has himself um, a forgettable day. You have Jack Flaherty, who, uh, albeit the numbers aren't terrible for him, he gives zero runs. And Depends on what numbers you're looking at. Th- correct. But at the end of the day, Jack Flaherty has to hit the strike zone. He, he has to be your guy. He's got to get strikeouts. He's got to hit the strike zone. He can't be a pitch-to-contact guy. You've got too many of those already. It was pretty cold out there. The wind was going. Oh God. It was freezing. You know, maybe his hand was a little cold. The wind made it, you know, made it blew the ball over a couple inches. You never know, you know. Really, Andrew? You yeah. don't even believe that. <laughs> hey, that wind was smoking me in the face on Saturday. So I'm just saying, tough conditions. It out was there. cold. I was downtown. Blues were playing right uh, what, about an hour before first pitch. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was cold, but still, I don't care. Got to be better. I would say so. It's a show me state, Anthony. Yeah, it is. And Jordan Montgomery was fine yesterday. He was fine. fine. He was fine. The The good thing about Montgomery is that his his velo looks to be up, too. 
I don't I don't have any I'm not concerned about Montgomery. I know it's. I'm really not concerned about Michaelis or Montgomery. I think they're going to be just fine. Yeah, uh, and we'll I see am about concerned Woodford about tonight. the rest. We'll see about Woodford tonight. Okay, but I'm still concerned because I don't. What version are we getting of Jake Woodford? The version the, that dominated the all spring training that allowed him to earn a roster spot. Grapefruit that, League that champions. One. I agree, guys, but we haven't seen him in a real game. We're about to tonight. I know we are, Anthony. I'm not even being negative. I I hope the guy has a great night. You're sitting there just so much negative. This little black cloud that hovers above your head all day no, long. That's not it, Jamie. That's not it at all, and you know it. I'll be throwing that smoke out there. Do you think yeah. the bullpen is having some issues because uh, the starters are only making it five innings? Remains to be more, seen. TBD on that. Mm. TBD. Hey, we're gonna play Beat the Streak. It's a new game. Developed by the mind of Andrew Marsh. Marshy, go ahead and tell them about the game. Yeah, so everyone knows. Well, actually, I didn't. What the uh, <laughs> what the streak was for Major League Baseball, the hitting streak. It's 56 for That's some right. reason. Who I, owns that record? I believe it's Joe DiMaggio. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, we're going to pick a player every single day that the Cardinals are playing in it includes their team as well as the team they're playing against. And we need a listener to help us out. Uh, we'll actually not help us out, but we're going to bring a listener on, and they're going to pick a player as well and see how far we can go. So here's here's the thing. We're going to so do are it. Are we competing against the We're listener? competing. It's everybody's competing against each other. Yeah. Beat the streak. So, so, so one person? No, no, no. We're, we're all going to take a hitter. Yeah. that we feel is going to get a base hit in that Cardinals game that night. Mm-hmm. It could be a Cardinal. It could be a Brave. It could be whoever they're playing. Okay. okay. So we choose one hitter. Yeah. And if that hitter gets gets a hit, yeah. then that's 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 one game. And we're going to see if we can. So we get to pick four different players. Uh, yes. not it's kind not of cornering you, the market. Not you specifically. Well, you just said I get a pick. You get one. You pick. get one pick. Yeah, but as a group, we with the listener, it'd be four different players in one game. Yeah, correct. And if any one of those four players gets a base hit, that's part of the streak. Yeah. Yes. Well, this seems easy. Well, try doing it fifty-six times in a row. Exactly. <laughs> Trying to beat the streak, Jamie. It'll take me fifty-six games for this. So just just type. <laughs> Just type it BTS. Even though Jamie's already got it one. If you want to if you want to play BTS, just just text BTS to 314-399-9646. Bad timing on this because we're also going to do our sports six pack. So we've got a question. Oh, no. Classic Anthony. Hopefully. Why do we bump the sports six pack. No, Jamie, we're off early tonight for the Bump it to five o'clock. No, screw you. Sports <laughs> six pack is next. I screw you, ESPN. Anthony. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Answer the question. Answer the question. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Schlafly Beer, the original St. Louis craft brewery. That's right, time for the Sports Six Pack. Hit it, Marsh. Question number one. From the 314, and we were talking about this earlier, Angel Reese, Caitlin Clark going back at it, a lot of drama, a lot of smack talk. Jamie, what is the best chirp that you have ever received? 
received. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think of one I can say. <laughs> can you clean it up? Yeah, uh, I mean, no, probably not, or it loses its effect, Anthony. Um, I'm trying to think. I did most of the chirping and uh, would cut pretty deep at times, so I guess maybe uh, maybe one of the best chirps I had was lined up for a face-off, and I was playing forward at this time, which clear indication things were going really well for me. Yeah. Um, it was right in front of the opposition's bench, and it uh, was lined up against a uh, Matthew Barnaby. And uh, now Barney and I grew up together playing hockey, same organization. We knew each other, but we still battled quite a bit in the NHL. And we were chirping each other at the faceoff dot or whatever. And uh, Barnaby looks back at his coach, which was Ed Olchek at the time. He goes, mm. hey, Eddie, can we get Rivers a Penguins jersey? Eddie's like, look at him. I was like, he goes, he's our best player tonight. <laughs> No. I was like, son of a... That hurt. And I was like, yeah, F you. That's always me. Yeah. Yeah. You big, dumb, stupid. That's pretty funny. I actually kind of giggled when he did that, too. I was like, he's not wrong. Were you in Croatia the next year? No. No, this was right earlier on. Oh. Yeah. Wait, so you got better. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Question number two. All right, this one comes from Swan. If the cards make a move for a starting pitcher, what are some names that you could see them going after? And who would you be expected uh, to see included in the deal for said player? One, one of your one of your uh, young outfielders, um, whether that's Tyler O'Neill or Dylan Carlson or Alec Burleson. Burleson. Maybe somebody asked you about Nolan Gorman. Uh, I'm not saying that you give up these guys, but those are the ones that are that are going to be calling. I don't think that you should give up any of your, your pitching depth within the farm system. Tink Hens, Gordon Graceffo, you can't do that. But the names, I look, here's the it's it's Show tricky. Otani, Anthony, just Show get it up there. Show Otani would be great. Yeah, I think he'd I think he'd everybody would like that. That's it. He'd be incredible. As you were. Shane Bieber's another name that's going to be floated out there. But if Cleveland is in the mix at the trade deadline, I, I don't think you're going to get Shane Bieber. And then depending on who's out of it, I don't know who you want that is like a bona fide top end Take guy. Take anybody, Anthony. Have you seen this staff? What about Logan Webb? Easy. I don't think the Giants are going to give you Logan Webb. Well, and no, th- we'd have to trade for him. Yes, true. Mm. And it's going to hurt. Like physically or? It might. It might. Mm. You're giving up. Depends what you're trading. Mm. I mean, for Logan Webb, you're give, you're giving up at least Mason Wynn. Oh, no, no I chance. ain't doing that. I'd rather, no chance. I'd rather, Take I'd rather win a game Webb. 11. Oh, I'm sorry. Stick it, I'm Anthony. sorry. I thought you guys wanted an ace. Nah. Oh, no? I'd okay. rather pitch right. Mason Wynn than I make that serious. Team. Mason Wynn can throw harder than he can. Seriously. I'm sorry, guys. I thought you were serious in getting an ace. Why don't mm. I just go to the Rockies, and uh, since you're not serious at all, let me look at what crap they have. I'll float that out they there. They don't have much, Anthony, unfortunately. Did you get Austin Gomber back? Yeah. Now you put See, him at the top of the rotation. Yeah, Sammy just... Blay has been doing well with the Blues in his second stint. There you go. You get Austin Gomber back. Yeah. What? What are you talking Herman about? Herman Marquez. You, you could go get uh, Herman Marquez. Oh. There you go. You get Marquez for you. 
why does it have to be the Rockies? Why why can't we look at another team? Well, I I threw out what it would cost you for a bona fide young ace who's cost control, and everybody pooped in their pants. I'm trying to get rid of as uh, I'm not trying to get rid of a lot of people, Anthony. Hmm. I want them to give us a really good player for nothing. Okay. And 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 pay that guy that got salary fired too. That guy got fired yeah. in Colorado. He's gone. <laughs> oh, he's already gone, huh? We already took advantage of that guy. That's incredible. We'll give you Nolan Arenado and we'll pay you fifty million dollars. That's great. Ah, it's a tough bargain. I don't know. <laughs> okay. The the other name the other names that guys are free agents are guys that are pitching for you know contenders Aaron Nola Max Scherzer so question number three sticking with the cards from the six thirty six how many twenty home run players will the Cardinals have this season oh boy okay Arnado let's see here Goldschmidt mm-hmm. Donovan no I said fifteen for Donovan I may oh. have shorted him Contreras. hit two so, in the first. Contreras will hit 20. Goldie, Arenado, Contreras. I think O'Neal gets there. Yeah. Uh, I think Gorman gets there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's five. Okay. So then that, that's the, so so far I've got Goldie, Arenado, Contreras, Gorman, and O'Neal. Those are the five. If I've I got. set if I set the number at five and a half. Yeah. Oh, I go over. Someone there will be a sixth person. It might even be Lars Newbar once he gets healthy. He's or got Don, the pop. Or, or Donovan. Don, well, nah, or I already put him on my list. I think Donovan, Do I like that he's got the power that he's showcasing. I just don't know if that's how it ends up for him. Never did like him. I love the guy. Sat there on opening day and said, this guy's 15 home run power, and this yeah. Jamie just crapped all over it. It's a shame. Crap. Well, it's mostly anything you say. but So as long as I say it, then oh, that's, your, that's just your reaction. I'm out. No, it, it's... Uh, I just see him. I don't see him as a twenty home run guy. I would like to see that, but tell me you really see that out of Brendan Donovan. I really see that out of Brendan Donovan again. Somebody puts on here Walker. I don't know if Walker gets. I don't know if Walker gets to twenty. Yeah, maybe. He's 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 it's possible, but I don't know if he gets. But if you set it at five and a half, I'd go over because even Tommy Edmond has enough power to get to that twenty mark. What about Alec Burleson? Just depends on ABs. Mm-hmm. He's got Dylan power. Dylan Carlson. What did Dylan Carlson have last year? And a down year for him. Uh, he still ran into a few pitches. It was under 15, I think. 12 or 13, wasn't it? Maybe. Maybe. He hit eight. <laughs> he had eight. What did he have the year before? 18. See? So which which version is the more true version? Well, he also, yeah, yeah. Well, his wrist he had was more injured. ABs. Yep. Think, could you try that again, please? My watch, by the way, just does whatever the hell it wants. <laughs> it's possessed. All the time. It just it jumps in the conversation. It's yeah. rude. Just wants, wants to be part of your life, James. Seriously, a little too close there. Mm. All right. It's not you. It's me. We're going to have to take a break. Watch. That's your sport three-pack here on 101 ESPN. Cardinals and Braves tonight. Another good test for the Cardinals. What will we see out of Jordan? Uh, not Jordan. What will we see out of Jake Woodford? Not of Jordan's on this team. Two to be exact. Jake Woodford, what will we see out of him next on 101 ESPN? We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
Uh, by the way, there's three Jordans My the Cardinals right now. No, on the Cardinals. Oh. Jordan Montgomery, mm-hmm. Jordan Walker, yeah, and Jordan Hicks. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I thought you knew that. I forgot about Hicks. What? We just talked about him. And I don't know why, since, uh, as Jamie just said, we just talked about him. Literally just And he wasn't that great over the weekend. No, he wasn't. But he will be moving forward, guys. And, uh, by the way, Adam Wainwright really? threw a successful bullpen session today. Wow. Did he do any deep squats, though? Mm. Probably not, no. Wainwright's everywhere these days. Yeah, huh? he is. How about that? He's out at the St. Louis City game. He's singing the national anthem. Not there, but his home opener. Mm-hmm. Then he's then he's signing jerseys and giving it to guys on yeah. other teams. Yeah. That player was a big fan of Wayno growing up. So Wayno goes, let me hook you up with a jersey. I mean, wow. It's impressive. He's a, well. Now he's pitching a bullpen session? I thought he was gone for a month. We don't expect anything less. Yeah, our way no does it all. Damn right. By the way, Gallegos, Giovanni Gallegos, is available out of the Cardinals' bullpen tonight against Mm. the Braves. He's held out of action uh, opening day with a little back tightness. Saturday and Sunday as well. Got the the tightness in the lower back, but Gallegos is going to be available tonight. Your lineup against the Braves. Brandon Donovan leading off playing second base. Alec Burleson after the big home run yesterday. He's in left. He's hitting second. Paul Goldschmidt is hitting third, playing first. Nolan Arnato is hitting cleanup. He's your third baseman. Wills Contreras back behind the dish. He's hitting fifth. Nolan Gorman after a huge day yesterday. Pair of two-run home runs in that 9-4 victory over the Blue Jays. He's your DH. He's hitting sixth. Tyler O'Neill back in the lineup. He's your center fielder hitting seventh. Jordan Walker is playing right. He's hitting eighth. And Tommy Edmond is playing short, and he's hitting ninth. Another big test for the Cardinals as they take on a Braves team, 2-1. and one. Of course, they got to play Washington over the weekend. They lost yesterday. But Washington, they have to step up too, Jamie, in their competition. Ronald Acuna Jr., Matt Olson, Austin Riley, Travis D'Ar- Travis D'Arno, Michael Harris, Ozzy Al- Albies, Marcelo Zuna. Old friend uh, Marcelo Zuna. Oh, gold sleeve. Too bad he's DH and he won't be climbing in any left field left field walls tonight. I pulled that up a couple weeks ago, just randomly. I was Which thinking, <laughs> was he right? The uh, Marcelo Zuna, where he uh, he's climbing the wall. And the ball's like 25 feet short of the wall, Mm -hmm. and then he has to jump back onto the field. That was by far one of my favorite things ever. In my head, I was like, how the hell do you judge that so poorly? Yeah. And you're a major league player who, by the way, has a gold glove. That's correct. Yep. Did it, it was it Milwaukee? He did it the first time, and then he came back to Bush Stadium. Also the one he kind of get hung up on the fence here too. It was just great. I mean, it really was fantastic. Yeah, those LED lights, Jamie, they're bright that time of night. <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah, so Ozuna's in seventh for the Braves. Eddie Rosario's at eighth, and Orlando Arcia is their shortstop, hitting ninth. No Dansby Swanson because he's a Chicago Cub now. Yeah, yeah. Charlie Morton is on the hill for the Braves. The former Pirate. Yeah, the former Pirate, that's right. The bullpen's a concern thus far, guys. Starting pitching has been a concern. So I'm interested to see what Jake Woodford does in his debut. We mentioned Adam Wainwright. Wainwright out with that groin injury and allowed Jake Woodford, who had a great spring, to join the starting rotation. And he's a guy that has been... You know, move back and forth, whether he's gotten a spot start here or there or to the bullpen or down in AAA... 
you know, the last two seasons, Jake Woodford is just, you know, he hasn't had an opportunity to stick in the rotation. But he struck out seven in five innings last Monday as the Cardinals shut out the Marlins in spring training. Had a 2.04 ERA in 17 and two third innings in spring. 18 Ks, five walks, excellent ratio there. Beat out Dakota Hudson. wasn't wasn't really a competition toward the end. And I'm interested to see what what Jake Jake Woodford look looks like tonight. We're talking about a former first round pick, 26 years old, and he's right on the edge of being. You know, he's no longer a prospect, but somebody that isn't in that 28 year old range like Andrew Kisner is, where you say, "All right, we kind of know what he is at this point." Yeah, I I mean, correct me if I'm I still don't know what Jake Woodford is. I don't think anybody does, including the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, and look, Jake Woodford probably didn't know what he was leading up to this spring training, but I think he, I think he's figured some things out, and I think he, I think he identifies now what he'd like to be. He'd like to be part of this starting rotation, and let's see if he can get after it. Let's see if he can throw strikes. Let's see if he can get some outs. If he can, and he can deliver. I mean, it adds a layer to your rotation here. It puts the heat on some of the guys, too. Because if you have a couple of pitchers that maybe string together a couple of questionable or bad starts, you got Jake Woodford, who's pitching solid, it changes things, man. Jamie, to your point, I want to see it. Yeah. I want to see Jake Woodford, whether it's four starts, two starts, five starts, whatever it is, I want to see him shove. I want to see Ali Marmel have a very difficult decision to make at some point. And to your point, maybe Jake Woodford puts a little pressure on somebody else. Because as we know, it is Steven Matz and Miles Michaelis, and that's it for next year in terms of who's signed. So far, Jake Woodford is somebody that is homegrown, former first-round pick. I would love to see him shove. The Cardinals need somebody else to emerge here. And I this this by the way don't correlate the two. I'm not saying the Cardinals shouldn't go out and get a top end starter. I've been saying it since day one. They have to find a top end starter. But we've had this we had this conversation earlier and in the break. What if one's not available at the trade deadline? And you say to yourself, well, somebody's always available. There have been guys like a Luis Castillo. That was available with the you know from the Reds last year. He goes to the Mariners. True ace, somebody that can pitch at the top of the rotation. But then there's been other other trade deadlines where you're turning a Sonny Gray into an ace when he's more like a number two. You might not have a legit ace that's available. I hope so. And I hope the Cardinals have the Wavos Rancheros to make a move. But if not. You're going to need some guys to step up here for next year. So I hope I hope Woodford shoves. Now, that's a difficult lineup that he draws tonight. The Braves are a good lineup, man. My goodness. One of the best in the National League. Yeah, you're going to find out quickly what he's made of here because yep. they're going to test him. I mean, really, one through. The weather's nice, too, Anthony. Like, there's not many excuses here, meaning the, the hitters are going to be amped up. They're going to be ready to go. Certainly. One through eight can all hit. Arcia... You yeah, know. but what about that ninth guy? <laughs> <laughs> RC is at least a I mean, he's not he's not a pushover. But nobody in that lineup is a pushover. No. Sean Murphy's not even I mean, Sean Murphy hasn't played, I think, the last two games now for the Braves, which is interesting. Sean mm. Murphy, their big 
trade acquisition over the offseason. Maybe Good he's nursing a little bit of an injury. Maybe. Maybe. But uh, he's not in the lineup again tonight, as we know. Uh, we don't know. Second day off for Sean Murphy. So maybe he'll be in the lineup uh, for Atlanta tomorrow. All right, we've got What You Miss plus Beat the Streak next in the Fast Lane. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. If you missed anything from today's show, make sure you download the podcast, 101ESPN.com, or your 101ESPN mobile app. It's all brought to you by Dobstar and Auto Centers. Spent the whole first hour talking to our guy, BT, about the various Cardinals topics, including Nolan Gorman, maybe some big things on the horizon for him. Jack Flaherty's season debut, some great, some not so great. Jordan Walker and Alec Burleson were also topics of conversation with BT. Talked about City SC's first loss, a little bit of blues, talked about the big uh, championship, women's championship game, LSU versus Iowa, and uh, some of the aftermath that happened there. And uh, also talked to little Battle Hawks along the way, too. So it's the fast lane. Appreciate you joining us today again. Make sure that uh, you check out the podcast after yeah. the show. Get a real quick compliment here. Yeah, this is from uh, Michael SC. Uh, maybe that means South Carolina. It could mean soccer club. But he said, great job on the lineup game. Very funny. Thank you. First lineup game of the year. First lineup game of the year. You have to listen to the podcast, see how we did. We're going to play Beat the Streak right now. We're going to do this every every time there's a Cardinals game. Each of us are going to take a hitter. If that hitter is uh, chosen, then that hitter is off the board. But, Marsh, we're going to try to beat... 56. Joe DiMaggio's number. Yeah, that's 56. Tough. It's a tough one. Bring it. Jamie thinks he's going to do it in 57 games. 56. 57 straight. Jamie could uh, could start us off strong and Let's still have go, half baby. the season left. But it's Kevin that's going to join us and start us off first. What's up, Kevin? Hey, how's it going, guys? We're doing well. So, Kevin, you are our first Beat the Streak contestant. Baseball. All of my successes depend on me. You ready to hit? The hits just keep on coming. And his first big league hit is a bullet up the middle. All right, Kevin, you're you're up first here. It could be a Cardinals player or a Braves player Shame that you can you. choose to start off the streak. Who would you like to go with? All they have to do is get a base hit. That's it. All right. Uh, I think, you know, I'm going to have to go with uh, my boy Tommy Edmond. Batting in the nine hole tonight. Okay, so Kevin's going with Tommy Edmond. Marsh, how about you go next? Yeah, I was looking at this. I'm on FanDuel right now looking at the to record a hit. And uh, Ronald Acuna is at minus 300 right now. But I'm thinking, you know, that's kind of too easy. Nolan Arnato. Too easy. What? Nobody ever said that. Well, no. I don't want to go with the the easy like the March. You could do you, you Jamie. Could, you could go with anybody. <laughs> anybody you want. Yeah, just somebody. Kevin just went with Tommy Edmund. Yeah. Then go the easy way. You know what? I have you know what? <laughs> I have Brendan Donovan hitting a home run tonight. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Brendan Donovan. Wow, I see what you did there. Yeah. 
Might as well kill bir uh, two birds with one stone. Yeah. I prefer I, to let birds fly freely. I do too. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I don't. I think that's. I think that's. Everybody's different, awful. Andrew. Okay. What you just said there. Whoever hurt you as a child. I'm not invited to the, the free zoo anymore. No. No, not the bird no. sanctuary. No. That's for sure. Mm -mm. Jamie. Yeah. Uh, this one's easy. Paul Goldschmidt. Go We're done. Anthony's gonna go with the brave. Of course. Come on, guys. Unbelievable. He was so excited. It's unbelievable. I'm going to go with Travis D'Arno. <laughs> Why? Why do you wake up every day and just choose violence? What? I'm trying to win this thing, okay? You guys took three Cardinals off the board. Not everybody's going to get a what? hit on the no, Cardinals' no, side. No, no, no. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be great tonight. Who do I have hitting a home run? Goldschmidt? Yeah. Yes. I'm going to double dip. I'm going to get Goldschmidt to hit a home run. Travis D'Arno is just going to get a single. That's it. I'm double dipping, too, because I have... Um, Jordan Walker hitting a home run, and now if Goldie gets a base hit or a home run, I'm still happy. I'll be happy for you, Anthony. I'll be happy for you, Jamie. Yeah, see? It's a, what if I mean, Jake... I was thinking that uh, O'Neal would hit a bomb tonight, so... Well, he might. Well, you're in. You're in. He's Kevin. in the gym today doing extra curls, too. Yeah. Do you think he had his, his uh, uniform? Yeah. You think he had his, his uniform on? on? Oh, yeah. I mean, how was he going to do? I saw him cleans and... doing curls, wearing batting gloves, and the elbow protector. That's actually a smart move. Yeah. Is it? yeah well, Making you don't sure that you're working out the same stuff you play in. That's correct. Yeah. He was also doing the squats that uh, Wayno wasn't able to do today. That's, yes. Deep mm -hmm. squats. Absolutely, deep squats. Kevin. Wearing hockey skates, too. It's different, but mm -hmm. cutting edge. Kevin, thanks for uh, being our first Beat the Streak player. Tommy Evan collects a hit. You going to be available for us tomorrow? Yeah, I'll be available. No problem. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right. There you have it. Our first Beat the Streak uh contestant, Kevin. So Kevin's got Tommy Edmond. Marsh, you have Brendan Donovan. Yep. Jamie, you chose Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, I did. And I went with uh, Travis D'Arno. What if Jake Woodford... You know, much like Jack Flaherty has a, a no hitter going, you know, through most of the game, and Travis D'Arno comes up. Mm -hmm. You know, what's 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 going through your mind, Anthony? Oh, I want the no. I want the no no. Of course. What? what are you talking about? I want the no hitter. He's asking me if I if I'm going to root against a no hitter. Why would you do that? Because my guy would be up. Yeah, Anthony would cheer for the team then. Exactly. I know he would. Yeah. You're a good team guy, Anthony. Thanks, Jamie. Always have been. Mm -hmm. Appreciate you. Mm -hmm. We've got college basketball national championship game tonight, live from Houston. UConn, San Diego State. Go UConn. Yeah, I don't know. What do you mean, yeah, you don't know? know. I want the Aztecs to win. It just, just in spite of me, because I took UConn? Pretty much. To win it all? No, I mean, UConn's all, they've already won a national championship before. Several. Several. Yeah, the last one they beat Butler. Oh, here we go. Here we go with Marsh Georgia again. Tech. With this narrative that UConn, for some reason, after getting through the gauntlet that is the NCAA tournament multiple times and winning a championship, that somehow their championships don't count because they played Butler. A very good Butler team that year. Just yeah. like a very good San Diego State team advanced. Come on, Marsh. Give the Huskies some love. Eh. Okay. Pre-game, regardless of Marsh's attitude. I'm rooting for you, though, Anthony. Thanks, Marsh. I appreciate Good you. Good teammate. Like yeah. It doesn't feel like it, but uh, well, I believe I'll him. congratulate you when they win <laughs> by 30 tonight. Yeah. I will, I'll, I'll win is the Bracket Madness Challenge, but you know what? It's pride. 
You know? For Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, and Anthony Stalter, National Championship pregame starting right now. See ya. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.